Steve who? <laughs> Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Keeping the tandy flame alive We may be mocked, but we'll never stop Cause Coco Talk is rocking the eight big world This is Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. It's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks and let's rock. The reading's growing stronger, Captain. Coming from a star system directly ahead. Coco Fest, make the trek to the place you belong, Illinois, hair and point, make the trek, Coco Fest. Coco Fest, May 4th and 5th. 2019 in Lombard, Illinois. Make the trek. Touch the heron. Fascinating. Yeah, welcome everybody to uh, Coco Fest or uh, <laughs> Coco Talk Live, uh, Coco Fest 2019 edition. Um, can uh, someone check the uh, YouTube stream? Um, I'm, I'm in there. I'm dropping 60% frames right now. I'm in there. Ooh, the stream's got a red, uh, got a red light. It's a little jumpy. Yeah, not know. not terrible. Don't know why. We got a little bit of a got a bandwidth issue, have we? Or? Uh, apparently, uh, cable yeah. provider seems to suddenly dropped it today. All of a sudden. Maybe they know that uh, Coco Talk is going live and they're trying to get a conspiracy against this. I don't know. It was a mercy kill last week. <laughs> Maybe we rocked the 8-bit world a little too hard. <laughs> okay. Like, it's not super jumpy. Well, it seems to be bit, working, so let's not worry too much about that. Yeah. Okay. It's just showing me the 62% drop rate. Oh, we got people in chat, so yeah. we're doing yeah. good. All well, right. we don't quite have the regular crew here because a lot of them are at the Coco Fest. Ironic yeah. that they used a Star Trek theme where the first day of the Coco Fest is May the Forest Be With You Day. That's right. <laughs> Happy Star Wars. Day. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's just the way we roll. Yeah. Yeah. Last night at midnight, uh, TBS started showing um, 
24 hours of Star Wars. And I was up at 3 o'clock this morning, couldn't sleep, so I had in the background while I was working. All right. So getting ready by watching Star Wars instead of Star Trek. There's probably pretty close to 24 hours worth of <laughs> worth of Star Trek. Um, of Star, Star Trek. <laughs> Star Wars without repeating anything by now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, they're not showing every single film because there's 24 hours isn't enough when you add the commercial time. Isn't enough. Wow. Far out. Yep. Yeah, because they're not showing like The Last Jedi or something like that. Yeah, well, anyways, so anyways um, <laughs> for you folks that are just tuning in, as I said, uh, Stevie, the main host, he's off at Coco Fest, which is the annual get together in Chicago. What annual number is this? I think it's for the 28, year? isn't it? Or nine something? Yeah. Yeah. A little backstory. A long time ago, there was a magazine called Rainbow. It's specialized in color computer you know talking about that back in the day we used to have magazines for different computers and stuff like that well they decided to start putting on a show so the people that advertise their pages could go off and show their products you know one-on-one -on -one to uh, folks well um i think rainbow fest lasts for what almost almost a decade not quite and the folks in Chicago that helped uh, Rainbow put on the show there, which was always the big show, they said, you know, we got to have one last Rainbow Fest. And they called it Coco Fest. So they call it the, the, the last Coco Fest. Well, it was so successful, they did another one. So it became a running gag for the last annual Coco Fest. And with it being on 28 or 29, as you can see, it's lasted a lot longer than Rainbow did with their own shows. But you've got a bunch of diehards in Chicago that put on a little convention. Um, how many people go to this thing these days? About I think 80? There's about 80 at the moment. Over yeah. 100, yeah. It was over yeah. 100 last year. Yeah. So actually, that's the thing is uh, last year, they actually had more than the previous year. They're hoping for 150 this year, last I heard, but I don't know what the official numbers are. Yeah. Well, we'll see what the final uh, tout. Now, I will say that at the Rainbow Fest, they would have like 9,000 people show up. But that's a little misleading. If you bought a three-day ticket, you're counted as three people. Oh. That's interesting. So it was more like about 3,000 people or 4,000 people actually showed up for those shows. Hmm. And I'll tell you, I don't, you know, I used to be a performer, magician, actor, and like that. And I don't get much in the way of stage fright. But when I walked up to one of those rainbow fests and walked to the podium and looked at the audience and saw a room that could handle about 2,200 people normally, and it was literally standing room only left, I did get a little nervous. <laughs> and of course, the other problem too at the time was, uh, Tandy told me what I could and couldn't do a talk about their next computer called the Color Computer 3. So, I, you know, I was really nervous that I might say something since I had about 3,000 witnesses that could tell Tandy I kind of blew it. I had uh. said spoilers. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a little nervous. Pressure. Pressure, yeah. eh? <laughs> How did it go, though? Went okay? No lawsuits? 
no lawsuits. There, there are times that Tandy and I had interesting um, relations, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. That's interesting about that. I wonder where the last came from, and I, I figured it must have been something like that. And so, so uh, that was good to have that explained. I, I dare say there's probably a lot of other people who didn't know that little yep. bit about the last you know, Coco Fest. So yeah, hmm. they just didn't want to give it up. Well, they want to do one last one. You know, for everybody to come together. But yeah, mm -hmm. it just yeah, they were uh Rainbow had done Coco Fest start in Chicago, and that's a good location in the US because it's easy for a lot of the population to get there. They can drive fairly easy. I'm also, off on the west coast, so it takes me a little longer, so I gotta fly. It's near Lightning too. And which it's is one of the reasons why I'm not there. It's cost money to fly. Yeah. Lots of money. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. um they would do some on uh, New Jersey. They did some in California. They did one in Texas. And that was a dismal one. Because they wow. did it there in Fort Worth. And not a lot of people showed up for it. And I don't know who picked the keynote speaker for that one. But it was like one of the marketing guys for Tandy. And he was talking to everybody in marketing speak and he assumed they were investors that he was talking to and like that and I really felt sorry for him at the very end when he said in conclusion everybody applauded <laughs> they weren't applauding his speech they were applauding, They're applauding him saying it's over because <laughs> yeah. wow. he talked for an hour about marketing speak and, <laughs> and inventory control and it was almost as if he was talking to a bunch of uh, store owners or something and like that know your audience that's yep <laughs> wow but uh, no they did focus all over the place so uh the fo fine folks in chicago have been keeping this thing alive We've got two streams coming in right now. Yeah. I think one of them is from Coco Man, possibly. Yeah, Brian's got a static camera set up. Yeah. I guess they're at lunch. It certainly sounds that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Portello's or whatever the place is. If I can make a suggestion, hey, uh, mute let's camera. mute that. Yeah, let's mute that camera. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, uh, little wishy-washy sounded. Yeah. 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 Too much continuous noise. Yeah. Zoom seems to not like a lot of continuous sound. It's okay with voice, and I mean that's what it's optimized for. But uh, right. I think if we've got a lot of continuous sound, it tends to break up. Exactly. It's trying to pick up on something. Anyways, yep. um, once again, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm Steve York. I kind of wrote a few different games back in the day, Zaxxon, and a few other things. Right behind me, Megabug, one of the best games. <laughs> but let's go around and have everybody introduce themselves. Let's... Oh. 
Okay, I guess I go that first. would be you. You're next. That would be me. All right. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm Nick Morota. I've uh, been hanging around here for a few months. And um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm from Canada. Love the cocoa. Had one as a kid. Had a couple as a kid. Whatever. Uh, there you go. I'll give an update later. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Are you going to give us a new acquisitions as well, or? Yeah, I think that's after the intros. I think. Oh, is yeah. it? All right, okay. Yep. Next segment. Next. Okay. Yep. So I don't want to jump the shark there. Well, let's <laughs> go over to the middle uh, um, left-hand corner there. All right. Hello, everybody from uh, the land down under. Land where that's not a knife. This is a knife. So something like that. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's very cliche. Every time you say that. <laughs> the land, of, yeah, he does. <laughs> the land of Vegemite sandwiches, the land of, uh, the land of corrupt politicians that are about to be kicked out of Parliament. You'll hear about that on the world news very soon. <laughs> I happen to have inside information about that, but I won't talk about that on uh, Coco Talk because it will probably bore everybody to tears. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's uh, once again, it's good to be here and uh, to be able to uh, be with fellow Coco fans, showing off our wares and talking about our favourite toys. So, uh, that's what we hope to do here today. Very good. Um, let's see. Uh, Can't tell what's in the center square there besides Rich, a dumpster fire. That's Richard Lobiedski, uh, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I just yep. came back from the pharmacy. Oh, Richard, introduce yourself. You're kind of a star. Oh, am I? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I am voice on tech. If people haven't known that by now, and I'm the one that manufactures the boomerang board hands that's why you got a dumpster fire no just kidding oh no no <laughs> yeah no, no this dump- show is a dumpster fire yeah that's it but uh you were gonna be at the show but uh you went on a cruise and got sick didn't you yeah yeah a couple of weeks ago i had stomach issues but i'm having respiratory issues and so um uh, I just can't. I just can't seem to shake this cough that I've been having, and so it was just best that I stay home. And I'm kind of glad I did because last night I had a really bad episode, so that's why. Anyway, but you're still been... represented at Coco Fest this year, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, and I, and I'm really humbled by the support that I have received by you know a lot of friends have stepped in. Uh, they're demoing the boards, you know, and you know, showing support, and I'm trying to, you know, if people order from Voice on Tech, I'm doing uh, free shipping for uh, those who want to order uh, throughout the fest. It's uh, the promo code is CocoFest. This is only good on my website, not my eBay store, but the website itself. Okay. How long is that code good for? Uh, it's good till Monday. Okay. What was that code again? CocoFest. Ah, okay. Simple ah, enough. <laughs> That's easy to remember. And that includes international shipping, by the way. Mm. Oh, wow. Cool. The boomerang yeah. boards are rather great <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what that is. And it's uh, one of the products that's keeping the cocoa alive, for sure. Yeah. And it's something about a 6309 as well, you're bundling? Is that what I heard? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's uh, now included in the uh, boomerang. A lot of people have ordered the board, and it's like, Hey, uh, oh, I need a processor with it. So I decided, uh, you know, just to end the confusion and uh, just include and that's, uh, it. With it. I don't know how many that's 512K and 2 meg, is it? Is, is that right? Or 
yes. you got the two megs available yet? You do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, to get the two megs available, you need the DAT board to go with it. So the the board that you get can either be a five twelve or two two four you know two meg. It just mm -hmm. needs the two address lines to say, hey, you know, to to address the um, beyond five twelve. And how much is it? Uh, it's forty nine dollars. So fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Mm -hmm. So fifty bucks free shipping with the sixty three oh nine. Yes. Cool. That's a good deal. Good deal. And good quality that's product the, too. Yeah. And the, the free international shipping. That's uh, that's kind of enticing too. That's yes. uh, significant for those of us in in Australia. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I know. Tempting. Ha 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 ha. Now I need to get two Coco threes. <laughs> I've got one year with five hundred and twelve k in it already, and I do. <laughs> no, look, I'm maybe a, the five hundred and twelve k that runs here runs pretty hot. It's older style, so yeah. Uh, be, I've got a one twenty eight, so I'll probably be talking to you at some point. Okay. Yeah, of course, the one thing for me is I love the fact that you've got an LED on there. I love shiny lights. Oh yeah, <laughs> the little blinky lights. Yes, that's how you win geeks over. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Nice, pretty lights. Love them. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of an inspiration because years ago I came up with this turbo light thing. Uh, you know, because you remember the old PCs, they had that thing, uh, indicate your your eighty eighty eight was running in so called turbo mode and four point so, seven seven or yeah. eight point something megahertz. Yeah. So yeah, it's just say, hey, wouldn't it be <laughs> cool if the Coco had one? And so yeah, way God, that was almost thirty years ago now. Uh, so you can see it through the vent then, right? You see the LED through the vent? Yeah, you can see it now. The other thing is the, the updated uh, versions of the DAT board, I made it to where there's, there's uh, you can actually create it, make a little cable, and you can make it external if you wanted to. A power light. That is fantastic. Yeah, if you I want know. to do it that way, you can. Some people haven't taken advantage of that. So. Oh, yeah, I like the idea of the speed light playing it out. Oh, it's a speed. It's not powered speed, but it's okay. Yeah. It's still cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, red. it's so easy to add your own power light to the Coco. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, a resistor off the uh, tw uh, off the five volt rail, straight to an right. LED, and it's mm -hmm. done. Mm. Exactly. Anyways, uh, mm. uh, we'll be talking more about the board and like that a little bit later. But uh, Diego, would you like to say a few words? And he's still muted. He's still <laughs> muted. Yeah. Well, uh, Bruce, are you around, or are you also muted too? Yeah, he's uh, a, yeah he's off on uh, an errand. I think Bruce's son is watching us though. And I'm gonna see if I can grab Alan, who is muted. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mute fest. <laughs> All right, looks like he's trying to join us. Yeah, everybody's speechless. <laughs> well, while we're comes. waiting for, is there? Oh, Alan's in his backyard digging holes. <laughs> That's what. I'm going to try to dig myself out of the yeah, so... He's You're hiding. To get yourself out of the holes. Okay. He's hiding so the we bodies. Got, we've got Chet, Chet, System, uh, Chet Simpson here, uh, author of uh, Is It Digger? And we've got Alan Huffman, who's actually digging. Yeah. Dude, tough stick. <laughs> my stick, man. <laughs> well, let's keep in order. We'll go to Nick. Nick, introduce yourself. Uh, G'day, I'm Nick, uh, author of various Coco programs. I live down under, so uh, nothing more to say. <laughs> well, what was your latest program so people know? 
Oh, well, it's Gunstar. It's uh, just a, a vertical shoot 'em up. Um, still got a fair way to go, so watch this space, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be another Coco 3 game? Coco 3. Coco 3, and it'll be my first 6309 uh, game. Okay, for you folks, you're going to have to upgrade your computer to run that game. <laughs> well, I, I think... Uh, a lot of them already have, so that's why I figured I'd jump across and try a 6309. It's a great CPU, so. And it's, that's 6309 only, yeah? Not, not, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Only, only because there's a few instructions that I decided to use that are, are uh, unique to the 6309 for well, extra I have speed. I have okay, two... we've, got, we've got Alan back. Oh. back. Yeah, let's go back to Alan. Okay. Alan. Oh, yeah. He was back. And now he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think he's coming back. There he is. Hey, there he is. Everything's a mess. I've been sorting through parts, um, digging holes, but I'm here. Okay. I should right. be in, uh, you know, Chicago right now, but uh, I have no job, so I'm here digging holes to earn my keep. Yeah, as I said, just don't dig a hole with the little woman. By exactly. Yep. <laughs> Keep out the holes by digging holes. All right. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and last but not definitely not least, Chet. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Why don't you tell a few of our listeners some of the projects that you worked on back in the uh, day? Well, I'm a I'm a longtime uh, Coco user. I've uh, you know written uh, several applications and games, including uh, uh, Digger One, Two, and Three. Uh, Digger 3 is currently uh, still in production, uh, along with uh, Blocks and, uh, and a couple of other uh, uh, smaller games throughout the years. Very good. And I can see in our top right corner, we had our first Coco Cat. <laughs> yeah, that's Neo. He's, he's decided to jump up on my lap and then jump off my lap. That's the thing that cats do. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's one of the running things about our show is... Uh, cat lovers do have their cats on the show and like that. Sorry to say mm. I'm not a cat la lover because I'm definitely allergic to them. You would definitely awesome. be allergic to Neo then. He's a large, long-haired um, ginger and they tend to be the most allergic reaction-causing cats on the planet, apparently. So, so yeah. uh, we'll hope he doesn't send you an allergic reaction over the internet. But <laughs> uh, I'm so bad it could actually happen. So, <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's see. Um, Ready Why don't we go ahead and do acquisitions first? Okay. Get that done. If you're ready over there. I am indeed. Okay. So, um, Why don't so we I've switch, been... switch his to a large frame, please. Uh, okay. Over here. Where's the button? There it is. There hey. we go. So, uh, last week I had gotten the Coco 2. And uh, so, this past week, I got a Coco 3 uh, sent to me from uh, a man in Quebec. And uh, actually, I got a big box of stuff. So I got the Coco 3. I got uh, two of the original black joysticks. Got a deluxe joystick, which uh, I haven't ha hadn't had yet. So this is my first one of those, which is good. And I've never had one of these joysticks. So I've got one of these ones now, mm -hmm. the flight stick. Uh, came with a uh, came with a genuine Tandy color computer uh, cassette cassette uh, player wow. thing oh, in, in the one. box in box yes box and all far out <laughs> yes Ma matching numbers uh, 
Yeah, I think so. Have you tried it out yet? I have not tried it out yet. Uh, you may end up having to replace some rubber belts on it. Oh, I don't even think I'm really going to use it. It'll be more for uh, for show. For show, yeah. Because yeah. I've got uh, I I can load things through um, wave file or whatever. Uh, I and I got a bunch of cassettes with software on it, but mm-hmm. um, got a few book, got a couple books. This uh, color computer graphics by. Oh, I used to have that one. And this one, which I think is fairly common. That was my first book. And then I have somebody. Seen... Somebody had that listed on eBay and posted it on the Coco Facebook group recently. That uh, the Color Computer Programs book. Oh, okay. I'll take a look at it and see what's in there. And then I got this one, which I've never seen before. It's a uh, bunch of programs you can type in in BASIC. Uh, titles such as Moon Shuttle, Space Duel, Protector, Alien Attack, Red Alert, Invasion. Design your own game. So I haven't really looked at it yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if these are available on the archive. And if not, I might type them in or something. So that one. And then I got a bag of cables and stuff. And even though I don't need this, I like having it for uh, nostalgia. Screwdrivers <laughs> to attach things to your TV. The one they give you the horrible RF signal would make it even worse. That's great. <laughs> and uh, manuals, including in uh, our French. But I got the English ones as well. So, yeah, it was quite a big haul. I was actually really surprised. I got a pretty good deal on it. Um, we have a site here in Canada called Kijiji, which is a uh, supposed to be local, but I, luckily the guy was willing to ship, which I thought was really good because I, I talked to another guy who wasn't. So you can't always get them to ship things on Kijiji, but I found this guy who was really nice and shipped. And so now I've got uh, a really good uh, collection. Uh, my, I've got the Coco 3, which I'm really happy about because there's some stuff I want to be able to play that. Because we know who uh, Quebec is a whole separate country. Uh, it almost was at one point. <laughs> they may and do some, it yet. <laughs> sometimes I think they still want to be, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm really happy. Got a got a great uh, got a great jump start going on. Today. So I got it. I've got I've got my Coco Three connected just through composite right now. Um, I've got a I've got a, um, a switcheroo cable uh, on its way, and that'll let me hook it up to a uh, to another another way. So, like a monitor. So cool. Okay, yeah. why don't we go ahead and switch it back to everybody again? It's easier said than done. I know. <laughs> Got to find where all the right buttons are. Mm-hmm. There you go. There we go. Yeah, we're in good shape there. Of course, now one thing about Coco Fest that really keeps it going and you can also get for yourself is a lot of cocoa equipment. People come there, they donate the stuff to the club, and then the last part of each day, they hold an auction. And the funds that they generate in the auction help pay for next year's show. So once they get enough money in the auction, they know they'll have another year. And they've been doing this for 28 years or almost 30. And yeah. Next year's a big one, too. Yeah. And this year, though, I don't think they're going to uh, get as much money because the person that you always have to beat on the bid is not there. Alan Hoffman. 
In fact, I think every time uh, I bid on something, he's bidding. He just keeps running that thing up. Good for the club, not good for me. I want to get stuff at a reasonable price. You know? <laughs> in fact, on the uh, video we have later, uh, Steve uh, goes over the stuff on the auction table. Good. Hmm. But, you know, so it's not, you know, the Cocoa Fest is great for hanging around with your friends and, you know, and seeing what's going on. And some new products do get introduced for the show, like another uh, 512 slash uh, two make upgrade for the Cocoa. Um, and actually, that kind of brings me to an important subject I wanted to talk about during the show is competition. Are you guys game for that one? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, me as a game designer, I've always lived in a world of competition where I'm competing against other game designer programmers and like that. But I've always felt competition brings out the best in me. I used to always say, you only do your best work when you're hungry. And, you know, I know that to get my games to be the best they could so that I get paid the best, I had to work hard and create the best thing I could. I couldn't slack off. Um, the other side of the coin that people are saying, such as in the cocoa market that we have today, is that you know, really, you shouldn't waste the time with so many people creating the same thing, that people should work on unique items. And they're, you know, basically, uh, you know, two sides of the same coin. Monopolism has certain advantage, and free market has others. And with that out of the way, let's hear what your opinions are. Well, I guess I should start off first. Uh, me, I'm I'm more of the the competition uh, camp. Uh, the way I look at it is, like as you point out, it brings out innovation, but it also brings out choice um, <clears throat> because now there are people can choose uh, whether they want the product or not, um, and it also brings prices down to a more realistic level. And so, and and again, the innovation without Without the uh, boomerang, I I honestly don't think there would be a two meg boomerang or even the Triad Plus that would be on the market today. And you know that's that's how I feel about it. But yes, I do I do understand where some people say yes, it it kind of uh, uh, the 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 waste of resources as some some people have put it. But I I honestly think in the long run it is actually good for the community because not only that when you have choice. You have more people who are willing to stick around in the community and say, wow, there's so many people here that, you know, that have hardware or even software available. And, and so I think you, you get a bigger community out of it. Yeah, it makes the community look more vibrant, right? Like, you yeah. Think, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I would agree. Partners. Right. Yeah. And I think these yeah, days I'm... the Coca community is more hobby than people trying to put food on their table. Yeah. Right, it is. So it's love. Yeah, it is definitely a labor of love. I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody's getting rich off of any of this stuff. Well, I can remember more than a decade ago, people came up with, um, you know, floppy drive emulators where you have a um, SD card and through software it emulates the floppy disk controller and like that. 
But now look, we've got the SDC where it actually emulates in hardware. So virtually almost any software that talked to the Western Digital floppy disk controller can now talk to an SD card. And that came about due to competition. You know, somebody said there's a better way of doing it and they create it. So there's some good that comes from it, but I do understand, once again, the argument about, you know, resources, as you also said, Richard. Right. Well, I mean, there, there's a lot of examples as, you know, the phone company, which I'm really familiar with. I mean, you had AT&T all these years, but, you know, they had no competition. Then all of a sudden we had long distance services coming and, and they broke up the bell system and you saw prices drop drastically and you look at today we have you know you remember 40 50 years ago you're making a long distance call to the next town but now you could call across the country for the same you know with, without long distance charges so yeah it, it and and look at the innovation we have we're we're able to get around talk together video wise uh, i don't think that would be possible if we still have monopoly well, i don't know how many people remember but back you know, as late as the 60s, you couldn't own a phone. You had to rent it, and that phone was like $20 a month. Yep. It's hardwired into the wall, hardwired into the wall as well. Well, some the 60s, of them. They, they, were, they were doing that here but, but 10 years ago still. Yeah. <laughs> you could yeah. still, still get a landline, and you still had to pay rent on it. Yeah. Right. It's only been... It's only fairly well, recently that, that everyone's got mobiles now. Yeah, what, yeah. what Bell did to... to uh, and, and of course, it was anti-competitive as they said, okay, if you want to own the phone, you had to pay a surcharge. Uh, you buy that phone, but you still had to pay a surcharge because we have to protect our, you know, their, their argument was protect their equipment. But, you know, the, the government saw through that and made that illegal as well. Well, the FCC basically said, well, you want to make a phone, you got to make it towards the specs, which is what the phone company said the specs were. Right. And all of a sudden that just opened. And of course, that's where Radio Shack made a lot of their money back in the, the later 60s and 70s yeah. was selling telephones, mm -hmm. old fashioned mm -hmm. landlines. Right. Because nobody wanted to go spend $250 on a, on a stupid old dial phone. Right. And the thing is, the phones never really improved. I mean, how many times did you have to sit there and take the handset and bang it on the table to get it to work correctly? Yeah. <laughs> right. The old carb carbon microphones need recompressing. <laughs> exactly. So it's just like the technology never improved and like that. I mean, I still remember when Touchtone came about. Oh, yes, it was a definite improvement. But the phone companies fought it tooth and nail because mm -hmm. they had all these dial phones that they were renting for folks and they, they didn't want to replace that inventory yeah they charged <laughs> you to use it too yeah, yeah they, just, they did a surcharge on that yeah yep. so there's a funny there was a funny video posted recently about uh about um maybe others have seen it but they had a an old rotary dial phone and they, had, they were introducing it to to some young kids and seeing <laughs> if they could work out how to make a phone call on it oh yeah and how none of them realized react. Yeah, they were all trying to dial the number first before they picked the handset up off the off the cradle, and nobody knew that you had to lift up the handset first and get the dial tone, and then then dial your number. So <laughs> it was uh, just basic thing like that that we took for granted back in the day, and and it's funny watching people try and figure it out now without any instructions. I remember uh, the first time I got a cell phone, 
and oh, you type the number in first, then you press the dial. Mm. You know, you're basically lifting the handset. It was like, yeah, somebody thought this yeah, through. That, yeah, that was new. <laughs> Got to get the number right before you press the send button. <laughs> Well, that's well, the thing is most of the stuff that we have is based on some form of competition. Now, once in a while, you know, I'm going to keep going back and forth on the fence here. But, you know, if you got like a utility, you want to give them a monopoly because it's very expensive to dig the lines, put them in, etc. You know, it's setting up the infrastructure. So, as I said, there's pros and cons to each side. Well, I yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, but I can also add another thing in there. You, do you guys remember? Um, uh, now, now I can't remember the technology. What it was? Um, the digital lines. Um, DSL. DSL. Not, not DSL. ISDN. ISDN. That's it. Yes. Yep. ISDN. Mm. That was developed in the '60s and '70s, mm -hmm. and it didn't come to fruition because Bell didn't want to really put it out and and then of course there was a lot of regulation to it and uh, again that was more it was more suppressed and then uh, another innovation um, that came out was what they call the common uh, the Celex which were the competing telephone companies for local mm -hmm. phone service and Bell in at least in Texas what they managed to do was create a surcharge is if you from from if you called another exchange, you know, to another if that phone was to, hooked up to a CLEC, there was a three cent charge per minute. It was it was it was pennies, but they couldn't charge the consumer. This was internal. So what the CLECs did to counteract that is they started offering phone service to the ISPs, uh, and I was an ISP, and and the phone lines were extremely cheap with those because people would dial into us, and of course. They, they, they got some money, but they got a lot of money off of Bell because since they were online all that time, you know, they, 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 Bell had to pay uh, to keep, you know, to keep those lines connected. Mm. Is, uh, yeah, when, when utilities are concerned, I mean, in Australia, we had in like the, you know, the, the 60s, 70s, and even the early 80s, uh, we had some of the cheapest electricity in the world um, in South Australia and in Victoria and whatnot. And, these days in South Australia, uh, our electricity utilities have all been privatized and our phone utilities have all been privatized illegally too, by the way. Government mm -hmm. did it all illegally without the, without the people's permission. Um, and now we have some of the most expensive electricity in the world. In, in Adelaide here in South Australia, it's 45 cents per kilowatt hour for electricity. So I put solar panels in wow. and my solar rig has paid for itself within two years. I mean, you, know, you wouldn't be able to do that years ago it would have taken 20 years to pay that off right but at today's rates it's a no-brainer to put it in um and yet if we go back to the cocoa we talk about you know this is a show about cocoa we're talking about competition here um competition in in, in cocoa land I, I would agree with others i think is a, is a good thing it gives you more choice and people have to keep the quality up if they want to keep selling their product um because people especially you know in in our crew in our circles where we're tech we're tech savvy people we look at tech, um, at specifications and and mm -hmm. quality of products and whatnot. Um, I mean, when I was doing the, the thing that got me involved in the Cocoa community again, all these years later was um, I got my Cocoa one out and I was uh, you know, replacing the, the faulty RF converter and decided to work on a, a decent composite mod for it. I didn't even realize that other people had already done it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
And so I started working on it. Then I found the, the Coco group on Facebook and, and other people were interested in what I was doing. And I had no idea that, that, that Ed Snyder and, and Brendan Donahue had done the, the, the Coco VGA, which I'm now running in the background here. Um, and Ed has also done a high quality composite mod as well that he sells mm -hmm. on his website. Um, and yet, you know, when, when Ed was really supportive of me when I was doing my composite mod. He was really interested in the way I was doing it, and and you know, my my main qualifications are in electronics. So, I've got a a background going back thirty five, forty years in electronics. Um, so my aim here was to to produce the very best um, Coco uh, composite mod output that I could get out of a Coco one um, using the minimal uh, re required components. Um, so I set myself a target there and, and designed it to work equally well on the on the PAL versions and the NTSC versions and and that was what got me back into the swing of things with the Coco community and, and connected with everybody else. You know, others here on the panel tonight and or today, whatever you want to call it. It's it's, it's four o'clock in the morning here. Um, so yeah, it's um, yeah. Basically, competition was a good thing as far as I'm concerned in 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 this world in in what we're doing. So. Well, some people say also, if we didn't have competition, we probably wouldn't have had a moon as a man on the moon as quickly as we did, because you had yeah, two major factions of governments competing with each other to see who can get a man there first. And you also have to think of the offshoot of all the technology that came from that, too. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Well, speaking of technology, um, I was over at UCLA back in the early days of ARPANET like that. And, you know, they used the new thing called packets to send information like that. And they were demonstrating it to the folks at AT&T and it crashed first time during the demonstration. They didn't want to see packet switching work because it wasn't compatible with their network. Huh, sounds familiar. So, mm -hmm. It's a case where through technology, they kind of had a monopoly, but they were scared by new technology coming in that would kind of whittle away at the monopoly. It sounded like the, sounded like the touch tone versus dial, that's what I meant. Mm -hmm. NTSC, oh, sorry, not NTSC, um, uh, Betamax versus VHS, another yep. classic example. Yep. And, uh -huh. hmm. And VHS won out, not because it was a better quality standard, but what it was is um, the fact that they were willing to license at a reasonable price to all the other yeah. manufacturers. Yeah, Betamax was actually Betamax was actually a technically better quality. Form. It was based on Sony's Betacam. It was the domestic version of, of Sony's professional Betacam. Yep. Mm -hmm. But... Um, now, Chet, you've seen some improvements in the area that you work now, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, oh, and I sorry, would I wasn't say, sure who you were talking to then. So. <laughs> yeah, I would say, Chet, that your, um, your area, you got a lot of competition, don't you? Oh yeah, I mean we're we're uh, with uh, within the gaming industry, particularly with with internet gaming. Uh, it, it's uh, it, it, there's a tremendous amount of. Uh, of competition out there in fact i mean there, there's uh you can easily saturate your own market uh if you're not careful i mean we have what three three or four different applications out there you don't want to go you know too much more than that because then you start getting you know way too much content out there and there's all of your customers get spread out um 
and then you've got other companies. I mean, we just, in fact, we just acquired another uh, uh, game studio here uh, uh, not too uh, long ago, um, which is actually one of the reasons why I haven't been around lately, um, is I've been having to deal with that kind of stuff. So, and and even in the land-based market, I mean, we're uh, uh, if you take, for instance, something like um, Wheel of Fortune, hugely popular game. It was number one for well over a decade. Um, and one of our, our game designers came up with this uh, this product called Lightning Link. It's actually a whole series. Completely displaced it. We had the number, uh, it was like the top 18 games just out of that series in, uh, in Australia alone, out of the top 20. Mm. So, and then that actually carried over to North America. So to actually have a game uh, you know, like that in all of those different markets and be so successful. I mean, the only reason why those games exist is because of the competition that we have with our competitors. Well, would you agree with the assessment that I made that when you're hungry, you work a little harder? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and there's that's a double-edged sword too, because you know when you're hungry, you want to go out there and do something, but you also, you know, like I said before, you you risk saturating the market because if you've got you know three or four products already out there and you come out with say two different you know similar mm -hmm. ones you know you, you're you're eating away at your own profits you're eating away at, at your own efforts well we all know what happened to osborne yeah. they, <laughs> they 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 pre-announced their next computer and that killed the current sales and they were developing the new computer using their current sales mm -hmm. and that's a case of competing with yourself killing yourself so I can definitely see what you're what you're talking about there with your thing is you don't want to slice up the market too much right. with your own products. Yeah, I mean customer acquisition is is uh, is a huge industry all in itself. I mean we have data scientists that uh, you know that, that chip away at every every piece of information that that we've got in order to uh, you know in order to attract new uh, new players. Uh, so, you know, th there's a whole lot of stuff that, that gets involved in it. I mean, th there's a tremendous number of people involved in, in getting that kind of stuff done and uh, that all, all of that happens behind the scenes that you never even think about. Mm -hmm. well, I think the general consensus from the panel is competition is generally good, but with anything, there's pros and cons to an issue and, mm -hmm. and like that. Um, the thing that I've seen with the Cocoa uh, community is new people have come in and started creating new products. It's caused innovation, um, rapid development, and uh, people sit there and say, hey, look, this is not a dead community. We've got new products being developed. So, I'm in awe. I never would not have, I would never have gotten rid of my stuff had I known that uh, mm -hmm. today there'd be so much pushing of the system beyond wildest dreams, you know? So it's, it's, it's awesome. I, you know, I, I really love my SDC. I can put a little cartridge in, you know, a little SD card in it, and I've got tons of programs on there, and I don't have to worry about floppy drives that are going to fail on me. Yep. And you don't have to worry about failed cassette loads too, sitting there for like 10 oh. minutes, or not 10 minutes, but a few minutes <laughs> and waiting for your cassette load, and then I.O. Oh, error. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> Three quarters of the way through the load. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I have to admit, I have to admit, using a netbook as a modern day cassette player is kind of funny. That's what, that's what I've been doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's kind of kind of funny too is when I started developing on the color computer, we didn't have floppy drives. So you could imagine me writing a program in assembly, saving everything out onto cassettes, 
loading it on the same computer and testing out. No, I did not do that. That's a complete waste of time. I had two computers. And what I would do is one computer would have all the code in it. I would tell it to assemble the code and save it out the cassette port. Then I had another computer that would uh, hooked up to the cassette port that would read the data in. Talking about, compared to modern tech, technology, how ancient archaic that is, but considering there was no floppies for the Cocoa, it's the best, best thing I could come up with. And up until Zaxxon, that's the way I developed code. About the time Zaxxon came out, or yeah, a little bit before that, we had, um, we finally got the floppy disk controllers. Cassette port networking, eh? <laughs> you got it. There was no Facebook yeah. to jump onto while your computer was doing other stuff either. No, no, no. There, <laughs> there, 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 there was that... something. How about CompuServe at $12 an hour? Oh, there you go. <laughs> that, uh, the, cassette port, the cassette port networking, that's something I've been doing myself lately. I've got uh, three Coco 1s here, and I've, I've, I've got a Coco 3 now. And I've only got two, two, two Coco STCs. There's there's one of them in the background here. Um, and the yeah, I've wanted to send a program from my main Coco one here to another one to run two sequences of things from a modular synthesizer. So the easiest way to do it, like you said, is just to, to connect the two cassette ports and, and link the two together. Yep. Oh, like a it, cr crossover um, cassette cable. Essentially. Uh, yeah, just basically, you know, headphone output to microphone input on the second cable. Just a yeah. even a, like a, a, a 3.5 mil joiner and plug the two in literally together oh and it works goodness. fine. I never thought of that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it works works well. Yeah, they used to have boxes back in the day where you could plug into one and all of the students could plug theirs into it and uh, the teacher would do a C-save or C-save them and then all of the students would be a C-load and it would copy it all down to all of, the, all, all of the different computers in the class. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. I still remember getting my first T-Base 10 network card for, for my computer, you know, my PC computers. And I'm going, oh, this is great. This is so fast. <laughs> it was 10 megabit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't gigabit. It was 10 megabits. And I thought that was yeah. fast. <laughs> it was USB, original USB 1 speed. That was around that, wasn't it? 12 megabits a second or something? Oh, no, no, no. It was much slower. It was like, uh, what, what are two? I was... Yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah. Oh, I must be thinking of 1.1 1 .1 was, was 12 megasecond or something, I think. Yeah. Megabits, not megabytes. Yeah. Well, it's hard mm. talking about retro computing because you have to remember, you weren't talking gigabytes and megabytes, you're talking kilobytes. And mm -hmm. you got to remind yourself yeah. sometimes. Because we've gotten a totally different world than it was 40 years ago. With Actually, it's really interesting. One of the specs you talk in 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 megabits uh, kilobits sorry um the midi spec musical instrument digital interface midi um that's 31.25 kilobits a second and we're still using it today it was first you know 1983 84 i think it came out and it's it's the exact same protocol we are still using in professional circles for for you know digital instruments to talk to each other and it's it's pretty amazing to to find a a protocol so old was designed so well that it's actually still a practical and viable thing. TCIP, TCP/IP, same thing. They were really forward thinking with their uh, with their design. Mm -hmm. Now, Alan, do you still do a lot of MIDI? 
actually, I got rid of all my legitimate MIDI hardware. Everything's just done with virtual synthesizers and USB keyboards now. So I'm in awe of the picture he posted uh, recently. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, mm -hmm. the Davis new yeah. arrangement. I take that back. I still, the only MIDI equipment I still have is a Coco MIDI interface with all the ports and stuff added to it. So I, I still have that, just nothing to hook it up to. Yeah, yeah, right. What, uh, what uh, VST, do you use Yuhi's uh, Diva and others others like that, I guess? Or? Uh, I just use GarageBand and Logic, just, you know, the stuff from Apple, just real simple. Oh, the VST's stuff. built in. Okay, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Cool. Hey, Alan, can you sing the Coco Cock uh, After Dark song? Jingle. <laughs> I'm working on an unplugged acoustic version. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> no, you'll have, you, you'll have, you have to do a duet with with Nick on on uh, ukulele. There oh, you go. Great. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new is a ukulele free show today. By the way, uh, this is why I wish. Oh. Uh, yes. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Just saying, it's right here if you need it, Steve. Professional ukuleles. <laughs> yeah, the best sound that ever came out of a ukulele is when it goes bong as somebody's crashing it. I thought you were going to say goodnight, show's over. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard way too much ukulele back in my days when I worked at Disneyland on the Jungle Cruise. Trust me. You would have heard that would have been poor, poorly played ukulele, though. There is a difference. I don't play. I don't play Hawaiian music either. I play, but anyway. Oh, that was the age of Tiny Tim too. Oh, oh see, he ruined it for everybody. <laughs> are you Are you well, still trying to get appreciation for your ukulele skills? I am. It's never going to happen. But uh, dude, uh, sure, move to Hawaii, man. I guarantee there there will be people all swarming all around you. You just bust that ukulele out and just jam on it, man. People will be all around you. All I know is how many how many d bags play guitar these days too. So. <laughs> Well, I think we pretty much covered the uh, discussion on the topic of whether or not um, competition's good. So about ready for a commercial break? Yeah, why don't we go ahead and do a commercial break and then when we come back, we'll figure out what we're else we're gonna do in this dumpster fire of a show. Okay. You are watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly video podcast featuring a candy colored computer. We spread the love to the past, present, and future for all models, including the original colored computer, the Coco 3, and the world renowned exclusive French Canadian. Hi, I'm Tim. Playing dagger is like that idiot from the book. <laughs> You're watching Coco Talk.
from radio. Oops. <laughs> there we go. And we're Mark, back. Mark is my friend. Mark is the one running the stream and the media and stuff. He's my friend. Well played. Well played with the with the placement of that commercial. That was perfect. It was. <laughs> <sighs> we love you, Steve. It's all done for fun. <laughs> you should know. Never point out what annoys you, because your friends use that against you. You know, I I miss the Coco Talk After Dark uh, jingle now. Mm. Bring it back. Well, we do it on After Dark. We did an After Dark last week, I think. Actually, you done you done a ukulele, did a you ukulele version night, of the extent. Uh, <laughs> I could, but I don't want to test Steve's patience. Moving right along. <laughs> yeah. Back to the show. I think Steve uh, can do that and, uh, zoom very easily if I uh, push. Do the we screen. have a video we can post from, <laughs> from, from the Coco from Coco Fest? Yeah. All right. Uh -huh. okay, and well, you guys are not going to believe this when that hand moves. All I right. apologize for talking too much during this video. I didn't know it was going to be broadcast. So. My apologies ahead of time. <laughs> oh, let me hit this. Well, where is this pull my ear? Right. He's showing his oh, there. Okay, I see. Oh, I see Mark B's feet of Steve. Yeah. The oh, there's Steve. I see. I see Steve. You see my new my new earrings? Yeah. yeah. This is a new boomerang uh, Rev Three board. Okay. <laughs> you shouldn't forget anything now. Nah. Those are awesome. Got a real time clock too. Good. Oh, so we'll never be late. <laughs> what time is it? Yeah, it's been chipped. Time to come to Coco Fest. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm living through you this year. Hey, do you guys know Terry Steen, creator of Balloon Fire? <laughs> <laughs> Let me introduce you. I actually don't. This is Terry Steen, creator of Balloon Fire. Hi, Terry. Hi. Hey, how's Terry. It going? Hello, it's That's Nick Morona. Nick Morona. Oh, they're they're selling ukulele. I need the sandbite. <laughs> I'm the ukulele guy. Guy, yeah. So they're taunting Wait, me. They're, ukuleles everywhere. They're taunting me with five dollar ukes. Yes. Nick Morona. If you paid five dollars, you paid too much. <laughs> this is how sad my life has become. Oh. Uh, Sorry, you couldn't we... make it. You out. This is awesome. Oh, I'm sure it is. Hey, Neil Blanchard brought booth babes. You guys want to see the booth babes? Yeah. Sure. All right. Hopefully you're not getting dizzy. Where? I'm going to go around the other way. Hey, that's Tim uh, Thayer, the Slayer. Paul Thayer. Paul Thayer, the Slayer. Hey, Slayer, Paul Thayer, the Slayer. Hey, everybody. Paulie P. Don't hate the play. That was the wrong finger. <laughs> <laughs> There's legendary game designer Rick Adams. Rick Adams. Hey, Rick. Thank you. You're too kind. William Astle. This is the team. Ask Rick about his charts. It is. <laughs> Asshole. Jeff, how are you? Good to see you again. Dude? Dude with, dude with the cool hat. I haven't had him. It's the new Boomerang E3 boards. <laughs> Starting a fashion trend. Oh, whatever, whatever. Dance Roger, if we have to. Or we go for, or we can do that too. And here, so, 
Here's the booth babe. See, Neil Brancher brought actual booth babes. Oh. <laughs> booth. What do you think of that? Live on the internet. Nice. <laughs> and here's Neil Blanchard himself. Neil. We're live. Yeah. Uh, Nick Rhodes says hi, fellow Canadian. I'm from, I'm from near Niagara Falls. I grew up near Niagara Falls. John W. Does that make Neil uh, the pimp or what? Hey, John. Yeah. He should be wearing a, a fur coat. <laughs> a ledge game designer. I don't know. What qualifies to be a designer, anyways? <laughs> a ledge game designer, John Lindell, everybody. Hey, John. These games are sound kind of sucks. <laughs> this is the new Boomerang E3 boards. They're Rev 4 in the DAT. So, yeah. <laughs> This one does 19 gigabytes of RAM, unbuffered. Tony Pedraza? Yes, I am. Booth babes. Hey, Tony. For the booth babes. Hey, ladies. Booth babes are good for rating. <laughs> the one on the right is the glitter girl. There's Mark D over Gary Becker. And company and Gary Becker stunt double Brian Goers. <laughs> <laughs> whenever, whenever Gary's got to jump out of a plane or a moving vehicle, he has Brian Goers do it for him. So yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Fall Guy theme song. Dave though. Phillipson, troublemaker. Oh, this looks so awesome, you guys. Different troublemaker. Polly Walnuts Fiscarelli. Oh, how you doing? Hey, Paul. That's an awesome shirt he's wearing. Yeah, uh, this is Nick Morenti's Pac-Man, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not properly designed, though. <laughs> is he using his switcheroo board? Here's our commercials. Here's my Tandy 1000. Oh, right, you got it. Cool. The floppy drive that doesn't work. That's the only problem. But the, the, the Tandy works fine. Awesome. I'm happy with that. Are there similar products like the SDC in that for the Tandy? I got my TDP 100 upgraded with the Coco VGA. So here's my Coco VGA connector board. This is Jim Brain. Hey, Jim. This is, uh, don't tell me. Morgan. Morgan is here. Hi, Morgan. And uh, hey, lady, me. Uh, who, who's this guy? Here's the madman himself, Simon Jonason. Simon. Big Coco Festival. The guy who makes Mad Hatter. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that guy who makes 3D printed stuffs here, too. <laughs> now, let me show you what's in the auction right now. The auction's looking pretty good. Can you guys hear me okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. that sounds great. All right. We're just taking it all in. All right. I'm sorry, Bruce. I'm sorry. Ah. And then so they have a bidding on this. This is a Coco One with the old HJL keyboard. Nice uh, keyboard, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's Stevie, a I'll bid Stevie plus one dollar. Beauty, eh? It's got a, it's got a mm -hmm. dust cover. 
Okay, so this looks like a chocolate keyboard, but don't chew on the chocolate keyboards, right, Nick? That's right. Learn that one the hard way. Okay. Uh, we've got some J&M systems, some type of controllers. I don't know what they are. Speech systems control. Oh, this is a Y cable. I, I don't know what that is, but we'll find out. Now, I want to bid on this, too. This is the Lance Leventhal 6809 book. And I think they got... They've got another William Barden book. Oh, I remember that one. What's the MS DOS book? I've got a few of those. Now, this is Spectaculator. What the hell was Spectaculator? Was that a spreadsheet? Yeah. Spreadsheet, yeah. So, is that better than color script shit? Color script shit's a uh, chess game. Uh, okay. So here's another cocoa in the box with some dust covers. Silver cocoa. We got a CM8. A couple of CM8s. Another Lance Leventhal 6809 books. I got two chances to bid on that. We got some Jolt Cola. Is that for Fraction? Is this uh, yeah, oh my goodness. Here's the cocoa uh, like, uh, travel mug. That's cute. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. Did anybody bring the Diet Dr. Pepper? Yeah, David's got eight uh, two-liter oh. bottles of it, and these people brought him a bunch of uh, one-liter bottles, too. <laughs> could, I get, could I get an autographed can by David Ladd? Yeah, we're going to get an autographed Diet Dr. Pepper from David Ladd. Put that in the auction. Awesome. Yeah. Is that Deluxe Joystick up for sale? Is that part of the system or what? Oh, here's, here, here's a 64 k Look at this, 64K Coco with the 64K Ram badge. That's going to be a Carlos Camacho. Wow. No, it really... Got, oh, yes, it is. Yeah. And it's got a, a Coco 2 keyboard on it, the, the better Coco 2 keyboard. Extended color basic? I don't know. Who knows, eh? Um, and we have a Dell CRT monitor here. It looks pretty good. Yeah, that doesn't look right, Ron. Uh, this is a Gravis joystick. It looks like it's got the PC interface on it. So this is like for the old 15-pin uh, gamepads that plugged into the back of your sound card. Yeah, I remember those days. And this has got a handful of buttons no, and knobs I had on a, it. So I had a space on I'm not sure if it slices, dices, and juliannes or not. It's got yeah, so I think this is from uh, possibly Eric Canales. But we have a big ass oh, laser cool. disc player. Oh, Look at the size of this remote. No, I, I don't think I've done that one yet. This looks like the size of the um, the hemorrhoid that uh, Grant Lady had surgically removed from him recently. It's <laughs> wow. like the ones on the Flintstones where the bird flies out and goes over. Yeah, right? Yeah. But wow. this is the uh, widescreen cool. edition I'm... of Star Wars LaserDisc, the uh, unspecial yeah, edition of Star Wars. Unbastardized version. I think that, control, yeah, that makes the world controls for the actual satellite overhead. <laughs> yeah, it might be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't... Here's some of the fine folks at Glenside. Hey, Glenside. Yeah. Frank Patel. Let's keep memory. the cocoa alive. I'll, I'll bid on the money. Yeah. Uh, Nick wants I was, to bid yeah, on the money. Was, yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> Do I hear a nickel? Was there was something. I'll stand at $10. Apparently it's four. No, I saw four. Yeah, there's <laughs> one. I haven't. This is the, the registration area of Cocoa Fest. Hey, everybody. Hello, we got guys. Rich, John Mark. 
But people are Somebody had to evidence in Watson here. That's a steal at twice the price. And here's free candy. You guys are missing out on free candy. I'm booking my flight right now. <laughs> you like my second switch? And so this is uh, a little break area. Leave it at home. There's Carl with the K. This is great, Thirty-five. Yep. This is where we're gonna have our, our supper tonight: the barbecue, the catered barbecue buffet. Buffet. Only fifteen. No problem. Yeah. There's a Brian Weasler, the guy who gets all the good shit off of eBay. Buy, 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 sell. Right. This is the this is the whole crew. Coco Top crew. All right, so this is where the buffet line will be. All of our barbecue will be laid out here tonight. Oh, no problem. Uh, we'll be eating in here, our little cafeteria here. Cool. Awesome. ice water. That's cool. No problem. A couple of donuts left over from this morning. It's good to mix in with Diet Dr. Pepper, I've heard. We don't have any Tim Hortons here, but we do have Dunkin' Donuts. Coffee in a box. Much like wine, everything's better in a box. That's right. I don't know. I, I, that's or you just go with the HDMI. There's a legend game designer, Rick Adams. Rick Adams. There's a guy associated with the last ninja disaster. I'm asking if you're the guy associated with the last ninja disaster. Yes, I am. He's one of them. <laughs> and then the, the, the other cable over is a Wallaby, and that's how I'm running both monitors. So. All right. Just, I think we're going to go to Port Portello's. Portello's. Yeah, Port it just started out as a project for my yeah, brother. He wanted to get back. So was, hey, this is that guy playing so Daggerath like yeah, that idiot I, in the book. I have to go for free. You're famous. Idiot. What do you have one? No. <laughs> well, there's a project I've been looking at. Got a couple it's of them. Like, there's Paul Slayer. Slayer. Artifact, Jason the Cocoa Man yeah, Riker. Tower hey, Jason. Brother, uh, Best known as the brother of Ken Riker. Let me see if there's room. Sure enough, there's enough room in there. And then. And again, we're back to Simon Jonas and the Madman. Oh, that's a well. There's another guy making yeah. shark cables. Uh -oh, we're on the show. Uh, By all means, no, do we're, we're not actually live streaming. Do I have time to drain the leading? And they are a lot. Space. That guy who makes that thing. <laughs> actually, this is positive. <laughs> one of the guys who makes one of the products for the Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, basically, there is here's hunt the wumpus evan oh feedback feedback in the whole all right hey guys i'm, I'm gonna you guys are gonna have a live stream of me streaming i'm gonna run the bathroom kangaroo on it and while it's stuck and that's the end of that and when i came out with the other the the, the uh, y cable there i'm like you know i'm just gonna stick with the australian names and call it a wallaby because you know you got the y in Wallaby, I'm like, sure, why not? And my brother came up. My brother came up with the Wallaby logo, and you know. Okay, so that's the end of our video. I think like, the audio might be running though. Um, well, 19 years ago, I did. I was doing. I think it's just Jason talking. 
Yeah. We did a lot of. Yeah, yeah, a lot of don't recognize his conversation. Just because Stevie Stroke kept saying, I was like, you know what? I'm getting a banner and I'm putting that on there. Uh, why don't we go ahead and just mute him right now? Yeah, I was just going to say we got a lot of noise from that first from the live feed. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, much better. That's a little better. Anyways, mm. you get a little taste of the show. It's not, you know, it's not the Consumer Electronics Show, but uh, it's still a great bunch of people getting together and talking about their favorite thing, the cocoa. For a forty-year-old computer, I think it's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I was blown away when I first found out about the, the you know, the, how much the, the the community is still thriving today. It's uh, yeah. Next year is actually really... will be the 40th anniversary of the introduction of the Cocoa One. Now I got a question for you, Nick. Which Nick? We'll too. Yeah, well, the Nick that was talking so much during the video. You do realize oh. that the only person that <laughs> could hear you was Stevie. It came over the feed. I can hear my I can hear myself during the replay. Yeah, I think some of those. Oh, yeah, you could hear yourself through replay. I'm just saying the people there, the only person that could hear you was Stevie. Oh yeah, okay. Well, that's that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> what well, What's happened to your video feed, Nick? You're uh, you oh, gone to a, a. I put myself on uh, still frame during the. There we go. Oh okay. So, ah, yeah. right, right, right. So has anybody, okay, been, well. anybody been following what's been going on in chat? Uh, occasionally I try and go over there and looking like that. My chat is a little low res here for some reason. Anyone know how, how to get this screen on my Zoom screen showing a bit of higher resolution? I'm, the chat's a little blurred. I don't know whether it's... Uh, well, uh, chat's a little dark. That could probably be causing the issue that you're having. No, it doesn't seem dark. It's just it's just low resolution. It's like it's it's on like on two forty p or something. Or maybe not two forty p, but something low like that. It's uh, maybe my video settings there somewhere. Maybe I can change that. Let me have a look here. Anyways, uh, let's see. What else did we have on? or topics today. This is going to probably be a shorter show unless we get uh, somebody like Stevie um, popping in for do something live. Well, we had uh, uh, on Facebook, we had some uh, pictures posted on a MC10 VGA modification. Got a few of those we can put up. Sure. Um, interesting. Uh, no narration with it, but uh, looks like uh, this is uh, a little bit of the before. And where is my button? There it is. Wire on the back. Looks like he's uh, pulled out the uh, VDG. Mm -hmm. uh, not sure what he's showing here. Anybody else interested in pointing out video display generators on, on their Cocoa devices? Be very careful. You don't want to destroy those chips. They're, the supply is not, yeah, you like, know, they're very tight supply right now. Like this one was a, looks six, like he clipped it out. You're talking six, the 6847s, you mean? Yeah, yeah 6847s are, you mm. know, they haven't been made in decades. And so it's just whatever happens be sitting around. Mm. Looks like he's got it wedged in under there. 
And the Coco VGA needs the 6847 as well. It doesn't replace it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how we managed to get it in there. And then they mounted the keyboard up on top because uh, I think the board stuck out and interfered with the keyboard. Mm. I'm sorry. What are, what are we looking at here? Uh, they took a uh, Coco VGA and installed it into an MC10. I was afraid that was the answer. Al <laughs> 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 and I had the same opinion, probably on the MC10. So, I mean, uh, the rest of the pictures are uh, just showing some screenshots and. Uh, uh, Well, memory tests, I guess. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty much what was up there on that. Well, see, you know, my problem with the MC10 is that usually companies come out with better computers, not worse. And the MC10, you know, used a subset of 1609, the original 6800 style processor, 1609 is a definite improvement. Uh, limited RAM, limited graphics. It was definitely no way was this a quote unquote better computer than the Coco. It was definitely going backwards. So I had absolutely no interest in it. When they came up with the Coco 3, I was definitely interested in that product because I could improve the quality of my games. They're going for budget, right? A budget computer. Like I think, think they're trying to compete against the Sinclair at the time when the Sinclair dried up. Exactly. Well, see, people started realizing that Sinclair wasn't as good as the other computers that are out there. And also, you weren't saving that much money when you bought a Sinclair. And when they came out with the um, MC10, wasn't it like $180? Where a color computer to 64K wasn't much more than $40 more expensive. But one of the things about the MC-10 compared to the Coco was that you could put more of them in the same space of the, you could put more of the product there. So, see, that was one of the restrictions of the Radio Shack stores was how much storage space you had in the back for product. And you could put more Coco or, you know, these MC-10s, I think you could put two or three of them in the same space as one Coco. So yeah. there was all sorts of weird things that Tandy was dealing with, with back then that Radio Shack was doing, you know, how much storage space they got, how much pegboard space. Sounds like a, why did Tandy do that? <laughs> yeah. They were dealing with a lot of that stuff back then. And, um, Oh, I guess now. How I did the Alice relate? I know, I know there's the Alice, which is a clone. Or like, or is it a clone, or how did it relate to the MC10, business-wise? You know, well, it wasn't really a clone, was it? It was actually yeah. an MC10, did but Tandy it was. Sell it? Uh, I don't know if Tandy sold it, but I think it was. Um, I don't know, some other company. It was sold to some other company to or in, it, in in French. I think it was a French uh, MC10. Mm -hmm. It was red. 
I, I, I it was that. red, and I had I think it had um, did it have RGB or something or some better video or something. Yeah, it just it's I'll, still a doorstop. Yeah, but you all have one. <laughs> you may you mark it, but most of you have one, so I don't know what that. I like. don't have one. You, I know you won't. <laughs> I only have one to stop anyone else from buying it. <laughs> it's a mercy purchase. That's right. <laughs> you're, you're you're humanitarian, Nick. <laughs> so yeah. So I see over on YouTube, uh, Retro Man Cave came out with part three of the uh, Rise of the Dragon. Oh, good. So, uh, uh, actually, Steve usually mentions we have a few people in chat. We have uh, Joe Burnett. We have me. Avril Best was here. Ken Reichart. Um, we have a few people. Surprised. Jay Brevin. Ken. So yeah, we have a few people in chat. Yeah, eleven of us watching there. So, yeah. has anyone got any questions on the chat that we could probably answer? Um, nothing that's not facetious right now. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is part and parcel for chat. Well, yeah, we had a few comments about we had a few comments about the we had a few comments about the competition segment. Uh, comments about how long distance was ridiculously expensive back in the day. And the uh, cassette cable crossover. Yeah, yeah. that got a, that got a, uh, uh, sh that's a brilliant idea. Pure genius. So you're a genius, David. There's uh, two of us that were talking about that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I wouldn't call it genius, even though I was doing it. It was just a simple fact and necessity. How could I yeah. save time? And when you're coding for a living, time is money. Yeah. Yeah, the necessity is just definitely a necessity thing for me too. You know, not even to unplug the. Even now, you know, I'd have to buy another Coco SDC if I wanted to um, do what I'm doing with the with the two Cocos. Hey, did did anybody ever do um, cassette phone file transfers commercially? Because a buddy of mine in Houston, when I moved to this little tiny East Texas town, I, I think I had the only computer in the entire town at the time. Uh, he had an MC-10, so we were writing programs together so I couldn't use a lot of the extra commands because we wanted it to run on both machines. And at one point, he had a checkers game that he had gotten from somewhere, and he saved it out in ASCII and held his phone up to the speaker, had the audio on, and I recorded it on my end across the phone and was able to load it into the color computer. So that was 1,500 baud on a, like, 1984 crappy East Texas phone line. And I wondered if anybody ever saw that as a product. Wow. That was, that's pretty pretty impressive to get that happening without an I.O. era. Yeah. I don't think it's so much as a product as it's definitely a good hack. Yeah, I mean, I could have just seen if, if we had this audience today, back then, somebody would have an adapter that you set your phone in and one guy typed C load, the other guy typed C save, just like those classroom things. An acoustic cassette adapter. It's like the old acoustic coupler modems. Yeah. I, I yeah, remember yeah, that, yeah. that that uh, scanner yeah. that you made out of that printer also. Um, that yeah. was, uh, yeah, that was built by uh, Carl England. Yep. 
And um, that was the coolest hardware that never came to be. I just thought that was the, the funnest thing. Yeah. As I said, hackers, got to hack the <laughs> systems. <laughs> yep. It's part of, our, uh, part of our DNA, isn't it? <laughs> I still remember taking a um, aircraft controller joystick system where you got a yoke and everything that was designed for the PC and I modified it so it would work on a Coco. I had this space game I was thinking about creating and I wanted some good controller for it like that. Did use it well, on Warfighter 3D. Yeah, didn't didn't you have like the biggest Coco uh, input device ever? Didn't you have the controls of like a three wheeler or four wheeler hooked up to a Coco for um, Desert Rider? Uh, yeah, that was for uh, Color Expo '87 <coughs> or something like that. Uh, we had gotten a four wheel ATV from a local dealer for use of, in trade for a sign saying, you know, it's from him, and. <laughs> went through and I hooked up the brakes, the gear switch for jumping and what else? Uh, oh yeah, of course the throttle. So you could ride the, the thing and I had a big screen TV put in front of it and basically made it into our arcade game. Though I had problems trying to get it to work on Sunday because the quote unquote security guards decided it would be fun to run the, the vehicle around. Now, there was no gas in the vehicle, so one guy had to push it. <laughs> but then, you know, I come back the next day, I go, why is all my equipment detached from this thing? Ah, Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that was that. And I also, Gonable One at that show was inside of a Defender's arcade cabinet. So you could play Gonabuana as an arcade game. Oh, wow. That's neat. So, yeah, that was an interesting show. And talking about hacks. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. What else did we have from Facebook this week? Uh... Did Gonabuana actually take quarters? No, it was free play. Oh, okay. Everybody all talking at once. <laughs> yeah, well, now somebody's checking up what else we had on Facebook. Oh, I was away, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, Lots of Coco Fest talk this week, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this thing has sorted really funky here. Uh, well, you know what? Since I'm looking, we may as well look together, right? Right. Sure. Bruce is back. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Rip Bruce. Hi. Yay. Bruce is back. Yay. <laughs> or A. Do you want to introduce yourself, Bruce? Oh, Bruce Moore, Forest of Doom, Coco Forever, Coco Talk theme song, and Nick Marota. Yes, he made a wonderful <laughs> jingle for me, which I, I'm choosing to like. Even if it was made to taunt me. Choose the like. Very good. But yeah, even soft, like software is also keeping the Coco uh, going forward. Bruce wrote Forest of Doom, and uh, yeah, it's it's amazing how the community's continuing on after all these years. 
let's see here. This would be... Big Marauder! Uh, makes me laugh. <laughs> well, I've got one while we've got Alan here. Uh, you did a post on Facebook about your Coco Wi-Fi. Okay, so, sorry, what about that? Oops. You did a post in Facebook about your <laughs> Coco Wi-Fi. Hang on, there's an alarm going off and there's a dog going off. I'll... <laughs> Live and unscripted. Okay, put up the video of the dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's why reality TV is such a popular genre. Well, it looks like Grant Leedy just uh, joined us there. If Grant's there, he's at the fest. Maybe he can just send us some uh, live uh, footage or a walk around of all the tables. Yeah. There he comes. Hey, guys. Yeah. Actually, I'm in my hotel room for a second. I had to come get something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just wondering if later on, if you come downstairs and the show's still on, if you want to just do a bit of a walk around of the tables and just show us what all the vendors have. Yeah. What's yeah, actually we, on we, the tables. Yeah. We just yeah. did that with Stevie. Yeah, and I'm, I think uh, Simon's going to give his talk here in a few minutes, so I'm heading over to that. Hmm. All right, do we want to put that up? Is, I definitely has, Simon, has Simon unveiled his uh, Coco demo yet? You suppose he's got it there running? or No, he was working on it uh, at the show. It wasn't finished yet. I, isn't, so, that, oh, wow. isn't that what he's about to do at the next thing? Like he's presenting, yeah, I, right? I, I wonder if he's finished it. I think he's about to make the presentation. So, oh, yeah, he makes a, he makes a presentation in about five minutes. So that's why I'm running over here. Hey, can you stream <laughs> that? Okay, well, you go you go run and go go to the presentation. We don't don't want to hold you up on that one. Oh no no, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he can stream that because that'd be hefty through his cell phone. That probably wouldn't be that probably wouldn't sound too good. I wouldn't think. No, no. Uh, but if you can record it for next week's show or somebody record it for next week's show, that would be great. Yeah, I believe Stevie is going to record that with his camcorder, so I think we'll have some footage of that next week. Cool. Well, especially where he came all the way over from Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, we're going to have talent. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well, I'll take that as an insult there. No. <laughs> That's always the last year's show. All right. So on. Uh... I thought he meant on, the, he meant on our show, Steve. I'm sure he yeah. did. Yeah. Anyways, getting back to Alan and his post about Coco Wi-Fi users. Oh, do we have that on here somewhere? Uh, well, I've, we got Alan there. He could talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically what it was is I had not... Um, Coco Wi-Fi is using source code by a guy named Bo Zimmerman. And it's in development. He hasn't actually released it, so we're always running development builds. And um, I have not pulled his latest source code down for the Coco Wi-Fi version. And the only difference is I changed the settings. So it's configured for standard RS-232 signals. Uh, Commodore apparently inverted the signals and they're backwards. So you can use his standard firmware, but then you have to change a lot of settings from the command line and you have to do all kinds of things to make terminal programs talk to it. So. Um, I pulled down his latest uh, source code and built the customized one. And we've got a couple of problems with it right now. I'm trying to track down. So I think one of my settings is wrong. So I had to pull out and hook up my uh, um, Coco Wi-Fi do-it-yourself kit. And this is in the um, pre-printed case, uh, this 3D printed case that uh, I think Travis designed. Um, 
and uh, I'm going to go ahead and make these kits available for anybody who wants to get one and wire it up themselves. It's real simple. You get two parts and, a, and I'll get you a 3D printed case and you can just hook the wires together or I'll do the wiring for you. And then anybody who wants one without the hassle of hooking up lots of wires can uh, just buy it and plug it in. It'll be in a nice little box and everything. I, I uh, Alan, I have a couple of questions about this Wi-Fi just to clear up any confusion because when people think Wi-Fi, they're thinking that could this be hooked up to their Wi-Fi um, setup at home, like you know, uh, like a wireless Routers? connection? So yes. Is, like to get so on the internet? It, yes. Yeah, like to get on the internet. Is this a Wi-Fi? Pro what kind of protocol is it? Is it, you said RS two thirty two? It 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 has a it's it acts as a go between between Wi-Fi and a standard serial port, so you can load up any standard color computer terminal program or OS nine, and you you instead of dialing a phone number, you dial an internet address and it connects you, so it acts like an old Hayes smart modem, so you can telnet to thousands of old bulletin board systems that are on the internet, or you can use this to run a color computer bulletin board on the internet. And if you want to write some code, you can do any type of internet protocol you want. Um, there is a whole bunch of examples in Commodore 64 Basic to do IRC chat, FTP, uh, Telnet, and other things. So it does give you a way. This does all the TCP IP and the socket work, and it gives you a serial stream. So oh, if anybody wow. actually wants to port those over to the color computer, the Commodore 64 source code is available. Okay, so so basically, what it is is that device there handles all the uh, protocol as far as let's say eighty-two dot eleven or whatever you want to do, or if you want to encrypt it or anything like that. Correct? Um, right. The hardware it's based on doesn't support the encryption, uh, as far as I know. And um, he has built in a couple of things, like he's got Telnet protocol built in. So when you connect, you can choose Telnet protocol and it will take out all the uh, Telnet escape codes and stuff and just give you the raw data, which is what we use when we're using a terminal program. Um, he also has the ability for it to pull time from a time server and uh, a couple of other things. I think he even has a Z modem implementation in there. Uh, so you can tell it to go retrieve a file across the internet that's on the other side of Telnet. There's all kinds of stuff built into it. Okay, my other question is the uh, the board itself is it is it an Arduino board or is it just something that you guys designed or no? It's a four dollar ESP eighty two sixty six board. Uh, okay. What I have in here, if you if you buy them online, I've got like a a couple of dollars for the two thirty two adapter and a four dollar ESP eighty two sixty six development board and a couple of jumper wires and that's it. Okay, cool. And and the serial connection is it? Uh, does it go to the uh, for the Bitbanger, or do you need to buy a separate serial card? You can do it on the Bitbanger, but the fastest you can go with that is um, the Twilight Term will speak ninety six hundred baud. Most of the other disk basic uh, serial programs will only do maybe twenty four hundred baud tops, like Ultima Term. And under OS nine, you can only do about twelve hundred baud or three hundred baud unless you have a two thirty two pack. Okay, now on the RS-232 pack, have you tried it on Ed Snyder's uh, Mega MPI at all? I do or? not. I don't have one yet, no. Okay, so you don't know if anybody has been able to do it with that? No, but if they have OS 9 drivers and it appears as a terminal uh, port, it works. If, it, if his, uh, what, what chipset is he using for his serial? 
I think it's an 8250 if I'm not mistaken, or 16550. Okay, yeah, there, I know there's OS 9 drivers, um, which it would work with, but somebody would have to write a terminal program to use that. So if anybody's written a terminal program, all you have to do, be able to do is read and write bytes out of that pack, and then you'd be able to um, actually get some really nice speed out of this. Okay, so you don't need any special software to run this uh, device then, correct? It appears as if it's an old modem. Okay. You have ATD for dial, ATH to hang up, plus 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 to get back to command prompt. It actually thinks it's an old 1980s Hayes style modem. Well, cool. And there's instructions on my Subitha software website that show you exactly what parts you need and how to wire one up yourself for under $10. Under $10. Wow, that's amazing. Professionally yes, designed. And, 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 and I'm not being sarcastic. That, that, is, that is fantastic. So what is your website? Uh, Subethasoftware.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, Alan's well, done all sorts of little projects like this. He's got the Sur Sound where he's basically plugged in a controller that talks to the Coco, then then that talks to a sound chip. And one one nice thing about what he does and everything, Alan understands music theory. That helps a lot when he creates his tunes. Yeah, that's it. Uh, let's go, oh, let's yeah. go to a big screen on Alan again for a second. Hang on there for Alan. We're almost there. There we go. This is, um, let me get over here. This is a, uh, um, a cheap Arduino Nano. And way back under all these wires is uh, the sound chip. And then I've got one of these little 99 cent serial to RS32, you know, TTL to RS232 adapters and a little jack for the uh, audio out to come through. And um, this right here, loaded with special firmware I wrote, lets you send commands out the printer port, out the bit banger, just like the play command in basic. And then it'll play music in the background. And I've extended it so it can play multi-voice music. And again, the parts on this are probably $10. What's the, what audio chip are you using on that one? Is it one of the Yamaha ones or? No. Oh boy, which one is that? It's this the one that's in John Linville's cartridges. I don't right. remember the number now. It's the PSG one. Oh, okay, okay. It was the one that was in Congo Bongo. And <laughs> I, yeah, and I think it was awesome. the one that was in the original Tandy 1000. I think also that same chip got used, or a similar chip got used in the um, Vectrex. Seems to have yes. similar capabilities. The GIAY3910 or something. Yeah. And, and and since this is a Cocoa Fest um, edition of this, I'll I'll mention what I would be talking about if I would have had my act together and been at the fest. A couple of years ago, I um, wrote up a fake product announcement for something called the Cocoa Pilot, like a co-pilot, but Cocoa Pilot PI because it's a Raspberry Pi. Get it? It's just okay. Fine. <laughs> so um, at the time, I wrote up the instructions thinking. This is how you get drive wire going on a Raspberry Pi. It's the cheapest, easiest thing. So you don't have to wire up a computer. You can put the little box on there. It can have internet and all that stuff. Well, since then, a lot of things have changed. And Raspberry Pis have gotten cheaper. And they've got Wi-Fi built in. Everything I was doing a few years ago is now cheaper and better. 
So I had been um, ordering things. I have a couple of Raspberry Pis right now. I've got, uh, where's the Pi? Somewhere I've got a Pi Zero. Um, I've got a Pi Zero with Wi-Fi. I got all these things now. And um, what I'm going to propose on my uh, website, and I doubt I'll ever make it, hopefully somebody else will just make it if they want one, is gonna be basically the Cocoa Pilot Deluxe. So you're gonna have a Raspberry Pi and um, it's going to be able to act as the Cocoa Wi-Fi. It'll be easier to do using a full Pi instead of this little $4 part. So it'll act like a Wi-Fi modem. It's going to have the drive wire server that could be turned on. So that one little box could be your full disk access, potentially even doing the MIDI and all the sound using some libraries for uh, Linux. It could also act as a virtual printer. So it could support common printer formats that were used in the old dot matrix printers and then capture them and write them out as like a PDF file or a big graphic file with all the dots represented. Nobody's, as far as I know, has made a standalone way to easily capture the output of some of these old color computer programs. You may be able to do it by hooking up a PC and running some software. So I realized all this stuff now can be done with like, you know, a $30 computer and some software and, and you know, a way to hook it up to stuff. So I'm, I'm going to try to be writing up the proposal for that. And maybe uh, we can have this one little external box that takes care of all these, you know, stuff you would have hooked up to your printer or serial port back in the 80s instead of needing a bunch of separate things. Cool. I have a, I have a non-related Coco question. In the background, there's that Tron. Is that a full arcade? That is. Uh, it's, I've wanted one forever, and I actually had money last year, and a uh, guy I know needed money. And I have his fully restored Tron, except it's been modified. The plate at the top says Incom on it, and on the coin door it says Incom, so it's not stock it's been updated a little bit uh where do you live uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh tron that they had at disney's california adventure when they're doing their tron stuff was the tron arcade game where they had put the encom on there and everything oh cool Similar okay well i hope had. these these guys are pirating it off of that design rather than making their own that's good yeah yeah they they did that and um, just like in the movie, the Tron arcade game opened up and then you got to go into a back room and see the light cycle from the new Tron Legacy movie. Well, I think something's about to happen with Tron. I take a lot of surveys to earn pocket cash. And um, I took a survey the other day and it was asking my thoughts on brands. And it had brands like Terminator, and How I Met Your Mother, and Home Improvement. And then out of the blue, it was asking me questions about Tron and what I thought of the brand. And would you like to see it continue with the original characters? It was very weird to see Tron pop up in this list of things. And I know that Home Improvement is ABC, which is owned by Disney. I don't think they have anything to do with Terminator. Oh, was Terminator Fox? Was. Uh, yes. Okay, I bet you this was a Disney survey. I bet you if I went back and made a note of everything it asked me about, they were probably all ABC or Disney-owned properties. So they're asking questions about Tron again for some reason. All I can say is things are coming up in the future. (laughs) (laughs) What the things are, I'm not allowed to say. (laughs) I can say that too. (laughs) But I mean, obviously, (laughs) it goes without anything. 
they put a Tron light cycle roller coaster in Shanghai Disneyland, and they're building one in the Magic Kingdom in Florida. Yeah, kind of strange for a dead property, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is the age of revisiting things. Cause... Yeah, I've had a, I will say this, on one of my thumb drives, I had a, a, a folder that said Tron Ride. Where do you live? Do <laughs> <laughs> we go to Alan's first and then stop off at Steve's? Is that the plan? No, no. On my way to on my way to Steve's, I'm going to go to Ron's garage. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That would be on the way. Yep. Hmm. Ron's got a lot of stuff in his garage. Mm -hmm. I think he's got too much stuff. I, I'm sure there's a few people in the Coca community that could help distribute that stuff <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i wouldn't go in there there's snakes mm -hmm. i think the snake was a good snake though it was a, guard, not a poison snake that, yeah that's the one that catches all the poisonous ones apparently it's that's still good. a snake <laughs> <laughs> oh i like california cane snakes they're great they can be bitten by other snakes and they nothing happens to them didn't he say he's got mm. big dogs too? He's got Pearl. Yeah, Pearl. Mm -hmm. Any case, let's see. Anything else from Facebook? Uh, You're mentioning about um, somebody's game earlier. We got. Or do we already cover that? Ah, that looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Uh, what you been doing, David? That's a uh, that shot there. So a shot of my uh, two days ago. I reorganized. I needed to reorganize everything here and get everything in place. Um, it was a bit of a mess, and there was stuff sort of everywhere. And I wasn't being very productive with this cocoa project of getting the cocoa and the modular, um, you know, expanded past the initial uh, tests that I'd done. So I decided I was going to get busy and, and reorganize my entire keyboard rig and. Uh, what I'm up to now is is deciding where I'm going to fit the cocos into the into the whole setup, um, but that's uh, that's coming along, and I've started writing some software and playing with a few ideas um, to get the various outputs on the on the coco talking to the modular, and it's now working. Um, mm -hmm. It was working last week on the on the show, but um, I'm taking it further now, developing multiple outputs to control multiple things at once. Um, so there's a few different uh, ideas that I'm trying. So do you um, use a rope ladder to get in there? <laughs> yeah, just about. Drop you in from it's, the top? Um, yeah, well, that's a concrete roof, so it's pretty difficult. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, yeah, that was one of the things. I just had st stuff blocking all, all the entrances and blocking everywhere to get in. And it was I it was tripping over things just trying to get in and out. So, uh, so yeah, it's had a major reshuffle. So this week I'll be a lot more productive and I'll be able to actually get some of these things um, these ideas with the cocos actually into into practice and and maybe record a little bit of a demo song and hopefully have something to either you know upload to my YouTube channel that we can maybe show off uh, next week on the show perhaps. Um, so yeah, the proof of concept one works. Um, so I've, I've actually got the cocoa talking to the modular now. It does work. Um, so yeah, the next step is just to expand the number of outputs and make it more practical and write some some actual interactive software that I can use for, for real-time live performance. Yeah, that's cool. 
Hmm. Uh, let's see. What else we got on here? Oh, well, I'll just put it up every once in a while see it. Skip over that. That was the competition segment. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that's some more of that uh, uh, MC10 thing. Uh, Orchestra 90 question. Last nice dinner, looks like. Yep, yep. The Cocoa, Cocoa Turk panel right there. So there was a, uh, uh, oh, where is it? There was a newbie on here. Uh, let me see if I can find it up at the beginning again. Hey, uh, did we do the newbie question of the week? Uh, well, the newbie question kind of evaporated. And I got answered. Uh, Steve, kind of, <sighs> not Stevie, Steve Bjork kind of touched on it during his uh, talking with the STC. Okay, so I, think gotcha. been, I think it's been, uh, I'm actually, I actually ordered STC and it's on its way. Yay. Can't wait to get it. You're not going to know yourself once you get that a fantastic game changer. Yeah, Although, like I said, there's something very ironic about using a uh, netbook to feed software to the Coco. So I kind of... <laughs> Just do yourself a favor, though. Keep a backup of your SDD, of your uh, SD cards. Because mm -hmm. SD mm. cards, while the S is supposed to be secure... <laughs> they do fail. Yep. Well, there's something in Facebook about someone trying to use a Wi-Fi SD card in their uh, Coco SDC, which sounds kind of interesting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I um, thought the, I always thought the. Oh, S, like this one here. S, right here. Always, oh yeah, there we go. I always thought the S was for shaky, wasn't it? <laughs> there was an update that uh, he put into the firmware a year or so back. Something that I had a problem with is I would plug the memory card into my um, computer. And if there were files I touched on the Coco, but also some files I touched on my computer with an emulator or a text editor, it couldn't tell them apart because there's no real-time clock in the Coco SDC. So um, you couldn't just do a batch copy and say, copy everything that's changed from the um, you know back way like sync, so oh, right. he added something to the Coco SDC DOS where when it starts up it finds the last modified file and then increments by a second. So anything you do during that session is supposed to be one second later. So as you keep doing that, if you go back and forth between PC and the Coco SDC, you should be able to sync files a lot easier. Although I've never gotten around to uh, trying and seeing how well that works in practice. Let's well, clip. Sounds clever. Mm -hmm. I've got another tip too regarding Coco SDC. Um, the bootloader, the SDCEXP.dsk file, um, which the Coco loads when it when you first switch it on, do a backup of that too. Drag it onto your just a, a, a um, into your My Documents folder on your PC or something. I've had issues where sometimes when I've loaded certain programs on my Coco and I've pressed the reset button or something, it's for some reason. It's corrupted that file, oh. and the first yeah, the first time I had that issue, it wouldn't. Uh, it just boot straight into to um, normal uh, to its normal um, Microsoft prompt screen. It wouldn't boot into the Explorer, and it wouldn't load the Explorer if I tried to launch it manually. Um, so the first time I thought, oh, it's corrupted my entire 
um, SDC, yeah, the SDC. So I, uh, I reloaded the entire image onto it and fixed it. Then I found out later on it was just the STC EXP uh, file. So you only actually need to, if, if anything ever gets corrupted on it, it's usually just that file. Okay. So uh, I'm still not 100% sure why it happened, but I, I think I've narrowed it down to a, a process that I can repeat. Um, and I'm going to send that along to Ed and see if he can figure out a, a, a patch or a fix for it to stop it corrupting the, the file. Is it, I wonder if it's being opened and not closed. and then. Uh... Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, maybe the, something's not letting go of it, and it's, it's yeah, it's, hmm. Well, first yeah. of all, the blocks are not the same, uh, that are stored on the SD card are not the same size as your 256-byte sectors. They're more in line with what's on the PC. So the sectors are not mistaken 512. Also, um, Everything's done serially. So you have to send in a command says what sector you're doing, and then you have to decide is it being stored in the upper half or lower half of the sector. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, it's got to be something. It's It's got to be a right procedure to that file that's causing the corruption because surely yeah. a read wouldn't. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, it's the other thing, too, I find that um, not only for the SDC, but also if you've got a Raspberry Pi, it's better to use a class four SD card than a class 10. Why? No, okay, that's interesting. They're very efficient for writing lots of data in long groups, like you're basically recording a video. They're very oh, efficient for that, yeah. but they're not efficient for doing random sector read writes. Interesting. Oh, interesting, yeah. yeah. So class four for the SDC. Class four seems to work better. Oh, thanks for that tip. That's awesome. It, but the and problem is trying to find class four is difficult these days. Yeah. yeah. Class 10 is yep. a lot more common. Oh, I'm sure exactly. I'm kicking around somewhere. But, Get uh, the cheapies, the cheapies off eBay. <laughs> yeah. No, I use class four all the time. My Raspberry Pis, and they seem to be more reliable when I do that and actually boot faster. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, John's uh, trying to show a product off. Uh, let's see. All right. Brian, John should Strong. be showing us something here. What is that? Is that John Strong's joystick? That's, yep, that's yes. it. Oh, I thought it was a little mini three-way speaker. <laughs> John, you got to get a little taller there. John, jump up. <laughs> we don't have audio going back that way, do we? So we, or do uh, we? I'm not sure what kind yeah. of stuff they have. Yeah, yeah it was well, working this morning. Everybody again, or if we're not already there. There we go. Yeah. There's audio. Well, I know that room was cleared out when somebody was giving their talk. Yeah, and everyone just came back in, so. Simon's uh, talk was, maybe is finished. Uh, the demo. Yeah, that the was demo. Quick. Or, or maybe Stevie took the stage. <laughs> well, Stevie's no, back. At, Stevie's right there. Yeah, he's back yeah. Where, at his stuff. He's still trying to get that floppy controller working in his Tandy 1000. Mm. There, Does let's... he still have his earring on? <laughs> let's see if we can tell. That's right. If you want to buy your own earrings. Nope. He it... took the earring off. That camera's up on a very tall tripod. It is, yeah. I know. That's why I called it a crane shot as a joke. It's pretty high. 
It's off mute now. Well, if you guys couldn't tell from the video that we played earlier, effectively there's three rooms for the Coco Fest. This is the main vendor room. And then they have um, another room, which is the equipment for the auction, signing in, and then um, the demo slash classroom. And then they got the cafeteria area for people to get away from everything, just chit chat. Now, last year they're using the cafeteria for people doing their seminars. How many uh, Coco Fests have you been to yourself, Steve? Oh boy, you're asking me to date myself. Um, Coco <laughs> Fest, I think I've only been maybe three or four of them. Uh, Rainbow okay. Fest, I've yeah, I got, I went to more than half of them, probably three quarters of them. But um, hence, yeah, just, hence. yeah, Coco hmm. Fest are fun little things to do, and just life for me this year got in the way for me going out there. Oceans got in the way for me. This is great big, exp great big expanse yes. of water and 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 uh, and budgets too. That got in the way as well. John Flying Strong, can you hear us there? John, can you hear us? Hey, John, wave if you can hear us. There we go. <laughs> we saw we saw your joystick a second ago, but I don't this know. We can get a better look at it. Ground, ground control to John Strong. <laughs> actually hear me or not so this is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah come closer come closer yeah, we can hear we you yeah unfortunately yep. you hear me okay yeah this is the uh new joystick i built the analog control that uh make it have a sign up for people interested for it so nice it sure looks slick yeah that, that's uh two two fire button model too is it there or is it available yet? I have a few of them that was available here to show. I'll have to make more. Okay. He's taking well, names, he says. Okay, you people that are watching us live, you know what to do. Get to Chicago right now and get your joystick. <laughs> Before he's sold out. People can email if they're interested or Facebook and uh, put them on the list. We'll see when I get any more made up. Does that have the uh, the self-centering functions like the, 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 the deluxe ones do as well? Not, because it's the analog, I purposely wanted one that did not have the self-centering. Most yeah, okay. software that the self-centering works good in actually works better on our case. Like I said, most. Yeah, okay. Not all. That makes uh, sense. How much mm. are you selling them for? So I also have the arcade design too, which I didn't get a chance to actually get them built for and how much are uh, you selling them for? Uh, I'm trying to keep the price at thirty-five dollars if I can. That's great. Is I that thirty? Nice. You know hmm. how much quantity I could sell and, and some things there. Is that thirty-five dollars a piece or for a pair? A piece. Okay. Got to remember, he's got to print the case. Right. Oh, that yes. seems like a great. That seems like a good price. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wire these is ridiculous. I'm really losing on the hours. That's why I'm trying to see how many months I may need to build it, uh, add a PC board to it to speed the build time. So, and, and real arcade parts are pricey. 
You said you could have an arcade style one as well. Didn't catch it. You said you're going to have an arcade style one as well? Yes, I have an arcade style one as well. And these are actually switchable. Three buttons are on the left or right for usage. That's great. Oh, yeah. So it's, that's when you when you flick the switch, that basically tips the switches upside down, doesn't it? So they're on different sides. Yeah. So button one's on the top, or whether it's on the left or on the right. Probably switches your X Y axis around a bit too. Right, the switch is to your left or your right. You throw the switch on the side to select which way you want to do it. Oh, yeah. Cool. Of course, you'd have to have the axis switch as well. Yeah, I couldn't think that's of that. Clever. Mm. That's yeah, clever. Yeah, left and right. That's, yeah. The switch. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Good one. So Very is there is, is there a website or an email address where they can contact you if they want one of these? Okay, I'm going to be quiet now so we can mute that so it doesn't drown you guys out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure we'll be able to get that uh, email address or website at some point. Thank you, guys. Have fun. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Wave. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, there we go. Bye-bye. Well, I'd be interested in an arcade-style stick. That'd be cool. Uh, I wonder if I have his uh, email address up there. Yeah, he, makes, only... a, he, he makes a lot of the uh, 3D pieces uh, for several products. <laughs> yeah. What on earth was that? Yeah, he was, doing the, yeah, he was doing the STC cases for the longest time. Yeah. Oh, really? And, okay. Yeah, and, oh, they, were, they were really, really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the problem with uh, 3D cases is uh, yeah, it takes a lot of time to, to build one. Yeah. Yeah, and the people forget about the wear and tear on the printer that you got to spend hundreds of dollars for. Yep. That's that's Absolutely. one more thing that was on Facebook. That we, while we're talking about what was on Facebook, Ed Snyder posted up a photo of his new 3D printer. It's a big, like 500 millimeters by 500 millimeters by 500 millimeters or something, like half a meter square. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the then size big, this thing. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah, there. he's complaining that he doesn't have room. So if if he if he if he doesn't have room, he could send it over to my house. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in Texas. You got lots of room. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Probably planning on using that to print the keys on his uh, new upcoming keyboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did say that. He actually mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really eager, you know, for to buy. I've got computers here. That, I've got three of them that I can put these keyboards in, so I'm pretty keen. I've always said that Ed is a Cylon because he just, it's almost like he's doing this 24-7. So, yeah, he's been made a major contribution to the community, yeah. really. He's a Cylon. Yeah, yeah, no doubt mm. about it. Yeah, well, so you... when people complain that Ed's out of a particular product, you got to remember how many uh, SDC packs he's already made. They're like yeah, 700 or something. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's one of the most popular items in the modern cocoa age. Mm -hmm. It's easy to see why too. It's absolutely essential as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's a it's a must buy product. Hmm. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and do another commercial break? Alrighty. And then we'll come back and we got a couple more things and then we'll probably end this dumpster fire. All right, let's see which one here.
It's that butt. Hi, it's Ron Dovo, Timberman, and this is Coco Talk. In a world where RGB produces black and white video, one cable can make a difference. Switcheroo. Coco3scartcable.com Some people have big plans after school. You know what Elliot's going to do? Jeff, too. Elliot's at work on a book report using Scripsit on Radio Shack's Color Computer 3. It hooks up to his TV. And Jeff's at his Radio Shack Color Computer 3 playing the newest football game. But wait, what's Elliot doing playing new Super Pitfall? And Jeff's having a blast with a new math tutor. You never know what you might try with more than 100 programs for fun and learning. Radio Shack's Color Computer 3 comes with everything you see here. Other items each sold separately. Only at Radio Shack. Hello, this is Grant Leedy with Coco Talk. Got your Coco 3 yet? From the makers of the Switcheroo. Wallaby Cable, Color Computer 3 Dual RGB Cable. Get yours today at CocoMan.biz. Fletcher, I don't need that report tomorrow. Great, JT. I need it tonight. But, JT... Fletcher saved $300 on her office away from the office. Radio Shack's revolutionary Model 100 computer. It's a word processor, phone directory, and dialer. It even communicates with the office computer. Fletcher, how's that report? Fletcher. Radio Shack's Model 100. Save $300 and put it to work. You'll go far, Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. We now return you to Coco Talk. Was it even that high back then? I don't 80%? know. <laughs> I hear Fletcher may be at next year's Cocoa Fest. Just yeah. Four years ago. Don't quote me, but... Trying I got my her. wife as a uh, job as a technician for Radio Shack Repair. And she brought home the paycheck, and I looked at it, and I'm going, this is what they set you up fast? We both went back down there, and I said, look... This isn't even minimum wage. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It depends. You the the bench techs uh, at Radio Shack they started them out depending on the year uh, six dollars an hour, mm -hmm. and, and then it went up from there. Yeah, it was just it was unbelievable. It was the pay the minimum wage for California, not minimum federal wage. Right, and. And I knew that the other technicians that were just as skilled as she was were getting, you know, three or four times that price. Right. And boy, did I rape them. Isn't uh, I California did, I didn't a to stop doing games with them, but I was really pissed. Yeah, they, they actually, techs got paid even more. No, they're just one <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
they would uh, they were paid by the piece. Yeah, depending on what they repaired, they also got a cut in that labor. But they did away with that. Which I have there. Like eighty one, eighty two. And the repair managers got five percent of the labor. And what they would do is they would pay out each month sixty percent of that. Forty percent was held back to the uh, in July, the, the end of fiscal year. We've got a lot of noise in the background there from the live feed again. Yeah, we got somebody waving from the live feed too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's muted, so I don't know how we're hearing anything from it. So without getting too personal, Steve, how do they treat the developers? Um, always seeing how low they could go. <laughs> so did you have to sort of have a fight for yourself if you wanted to? Uh, well, the last game I get, did for them, they decided after I finished the game, agreed to all the terms and delivered it, they decided that, oh, I have to have liability insurance for them. And I went through and priced what the liability insurance was and was going to be as much as they're paying me for the game. Why on earth would you need liability insurance as a game developer? That seems a bit heavy-handed, uh, isn't it? Well, no. They had a case where they got named in a lawsuit because somebody that developed some software for them infringed on somebody's software patents. Uh, okay, okay. So I had to come up with liability insurance that had them as the beneficiary because you know this is typical thing that the attorneys would do they'd throw something like that but they decided to make it corporate i told them no uh i deliver uh, we agreed on the contract i signed it i sent it to you i delivered the product and you can't come back and change the terms after everything's been satisfied as i found out my attorney uh tandy never needed to sign the contract since they created the contract and I signed it, that was sufficient. Especially mm. where they accepted the uh, product. Mm. Well, that would make sense because they created it. So why would they have to sign something that they've created themselves? They'd know what's in it. Yep. And I had delivered it. And mm. Mm. I ended up, um, you know, I couldn't get the lawyers or the uh, color computer division to let go of this little thing. And I had my attorney write up a nice letter to John Roach, who was the, you know, chairman of the corporation. And after dealing with them on that issue and being, you know, taking months and months for them to pay what was owed, um, I never did another product for them. <laughs> but hmm. within a year, they, they closed the color computer division. And that game was Arkanoid. Oh, that's a great conversion, too. But, um, no, in the beginning days, it was pretty good. Towards the end, it was starting to get a little tough. But, you know, the thing is, is you know, as far as the liability insurance, that seems to be pretty standard in the industry now. Like, for example, um, <clears throat> Cedar Fair now owns Knott's Berry Farm and other amusement parks and like that. And they will not do business unless a company is carrying um, liability insurance that would make them beneficiaries. Just wave, everybody. So, yeah, just, you know, that's the way it goes. And what's a shame is they had this beautiful magic store that had all this magic paraphernalia coming through, uh, you know, hot rods and everything. And now it just sells fake vomit, 
and weird stuff, <laughs> you know, that's more mass marketed because the little small magician guys can't afford a million dollar liability policy against a choking hazard. That, uh, that's yeah. uh, the fact that they're selling fake vomit that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you go you go up the wall, you got fake vomit and you got all these other uh, things, but and like that. Even Disneyland, um, they've now licensed their magic store out to another company so the other company can take the liability risk. Hmm. Yeah. Another Simon. Hey, chat, look at the Coco Fest video. Oh, we already yeah. did that. Let's enlarge the Coco Fest video for a second. Yeah, there we go. We got some attention there. There we go. <laughs> Hi guys. Hello. I'm sure they can't see. <laughs> yes, those are the mugs you'll see if you go to a Coco Fest. Right. <laughs> we'll see if the attendance goes up or down next year now. How did the demo go? Yeah, I'm wondering if Brian can actually play um, Simon's demo uh, on the on this uh, call. Hmm. Share the video. What in the <laughs> world is Jason doing? Did, did, did you get it finished? Did, the coding will uh, get completed. <laughs> but seriously, how did the demo go? Uh, what you could demo? Which I have. Coco, man. He's awkward. I think we got... Yeah. Who made this? Jason is trying to demonstrate what a nerd looks like. Looks like, <laughs> like I don't think they've broken out the beer yet. There we go. Man oh. Yeah. Well, that may be the wild man's uh, drink, but uh, everybody else likes oh, Yolk Cola. Yep. Twice the caffeine. See what you started, Alan? <laughs> In Canada, back in the day, cans of pop or soda, whatever you call it, were uh, 280 milliliters, which I think was 12 ounces or 10 ounces. Jolt was the first one that came into bigger cans, and that set off the rest of the soda companies to uh, make bigger cans. Oh, I remember that we had the little cans here too, the little mini cans. And I used to always yeah. complain when I'd go into the U.S. and get the bigger cans. I'm like, why don't we have bigger cans here in Canada? So luckily, Jolt, we had both. Jolt we had both. We had both of them here in Australia. We had mini ones, and, and it was mostly like lemonade and stuff when they, when they first did it. Well, like, I've, got really, yeah, no, I've got really mini ones, which are even uh, smaller than the yeah. original ones I was talking about. Yeah, so Schweppes, people. Schweppes had the, uh, the, the, the mini cans and the, and the full-size cans. Yeah. Yeah, California's had the mini cans for years. It's part of the health-conscious movement. Yeah. I haven't seen them over here for, for decades. It was like this was the early 80s that we had those. Mm -hmm. mm. I haven't seen much for Jolt. No. I don't know if I haven't seen Jolt around in Canada for years. I don't know if they're still around. Well, do we have anything else left on the docket? Because maybe we should start ending this dumpster fire. I have one very random question that I thought of for everybody. Does anybody here run their cocos with all the screws in them? <laughs> 
Yeah. Or, or, or do you all have your screws out of them so you can take the lid off at any time? Yeah. <laughs> Mine have most of the screws. Uh, yeah. Let's so just do put it this way. Most of them here, most of us Cocoa users, at least the opinion of everybody else that had Apples and Commodores, is that, yes, our screws are loose. <laughs> ah, Mine are non-existent. <laughs> They're in a little plastic bag underneath the motherboard. <laughs> underneath the keyboard. Yeah, yeah for myself, if I, if when I got back, a Cocoa, the first, the first thing I always did was grab the hairdryer and take that warranty sticker and move it to someplace that wasn't uh, a got, uh, cocoa. <laughs> Here's a, uh, there's my uh, cocoa with its screws missing. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. I, I, just, I suppose it comes back to being a, a being a, a hardware hacker, you know, an electronics guy. I've, I've always, uh, I'm always doing something inside my cocoa, so I just find it easier just to leave the screws out. I don't have to strip the threads in them by putting them in and out all the time. So. All, all three of my Coco ones and my Coco three have all got the screws in little plastic bags taped under the keyboard. You can pop the hood like it's a uh, sports car, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, see, after you take the screws in and out so many times, they just get stripped, so you might as well leave them out. That's exactly my thoughts. It's one of the primary reasons I do it. Especially mm. on the original Coco one. For some reason, yep. they stripped real easy. I think it was yep. the last yep. Yeah, the ones under the the ones under the front were, were had had shorter threads on them too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes and, uh, they, they different, were... different shorter screws too. Yep, and of course, yeah, the different sizes made a big problem. You put them back wrong. I've got a couple of uh, Coco ones that have little dimples where the screws kept in the yeah. wrong. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've been guilty it's, of that. Um, this one, my, where my finger is there, there's a little dimple in that because I accidentally, yep. this is way back in the day when I, you know, when I was brand new to it all. And I put a long screw in a short hole and it put a little dimple there and there's still a dimple there. Mm -hmm. I only did it once and it didn't damage the thread. So the threads are still okay in that one. But, uh, and all the, uh, the paint wear, that's all from, from my palms. I've had that one since brand new. So that's all my programming. What's your MPI there, your multi-pack interface? That's yeah. That's uh, one of Ed's Mega Mini MPIs. That's uh, with the OPL three chip in it. Have, and it's got have, oh, please go ahead. Yeah, and the, obviously in the Coco SDC sitting in there, and uh, a deluxe joystick, jo joystick, <laughs> joystick at the front there. I've got a pair of those. The other ones on the on the Coco three at the moment. But uh, yeah, the Mega Mini MPI, that's fantastic. I'm really, I'm, um, John Strong, actually, we were talking about, he's developed a uh, version of the play command that uses the OPL3 chip. Um, I've actually got to send him a message about that because I'm hoping to use that and incorporate that with my modular synth program um, uh, interface designs so that I can actually use the stereo outputs of the OPL3 on the Mega Mini MPI um, to control maybe five or six different um, sections of the modular synthesizer from the one stereo mini jack. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, another little synth update there. Well, do we have gonna... do we have any more news to go over with on this uh, dumpster fire? No, I think it's time to put out the fire. Yeah. Hmm. Has anyone had a chance to read the uh, Cocoa Papers that uh, Boise announced? No, no. no. Okay. 
Well, maybe we'll say that for next week's show. Yeah. Okay. We're ready for especially, especially after we've had a chance to digest it. Well, we're ready for, uh, ready for the outro then yeah let's go ahead do an outro and then we'll all say your goodbyes and uh we'll let people get back uh, i just reminder folks too is that um, discord is where we hang around during the week it's a service where you can both um leave messages like a bulletin board or you can do audio chats with other folks and that's and this last week, we've had a lot of people. Heard really great. Uh, on there. I, chats. We had like 20 people on one call once this last week. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, it, it was very active. Uh, people were getting ready for the show. Some people were driving the show, and they were on Discord. So it was interesting. Literally, you could see a, a, a car wreck. <laughs> Hopefully I not. was on all day yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Keeping company. And there were quite a few people there. It was, it's nice. It's like a community. Yeah. Did, did he get pictures of the carnage? <laughs> you know, of the yeah, uh, yeah. couch? You have live video oh, of the carnage. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you can't get enough of your Coco Talk on the weekend here or when you listen to our podcast or video cast, uh, definitely pop into Discord. we got a bunch of very friendly folks that uh, – Good chat and help each other out on Discord. So uh, leave messages, uh, join the audio talk. Everybody's friends there. So why don't we go ahead and do the outro and then we'll do our final goodbyes. All right. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to CocoTalk at CocoTalk.live. CocoTalk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because CocoTalk is rocking the 8-bit world. Consider supporting the show with the purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at cocotalk.live. Cocotalk would not exist without the community and its cast and crew and contributors. Cocotalk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Cocotalk is rocking the 8-bit world. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Morentes, Ron Delvaux, Rick Adams, Jason Reichert, Richard Larbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Reichert, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, John Strong, and many more, especially Steve Bjork for his production suggestions.
Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its contributors. The Coco Crew Podcast at CocoCrew.org. Glenside Color Computer Club host of Coco Fest at GlensideCCC.com. Retro Innovations at Go, the number four, Retro.com. Tandy Assembly at TandyAssembly.com. Voice on Technologies at BOYSONTech.com. Get your own switcheroo and wallaby cable at CocoMan.biz. Cloud9 Technologies at Cloud, the number nine, Tech. Com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mix, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Okay. And we end with a ukulele. We <laughs> <laughs> <There> go. <laughs> How about Simon's demo? I can run that. Oh, yeah, cool. Yes, please do. All right, let's see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because we it looks like Brian's fixing to give us a demo here. Oh, okay, that was the one. Can we? Yeah, can we give you full screen on that? Yeah, yeah why don't we do that? Working it. There we go. And we're loading, and we're loading. <laughs> it's Remember it's those good old days of the cocoa when we were loading? That's yeah, like being on Netflix these days. Was he playing music while it was doing the load? Yeah, it's, I'm wondering. Yep, 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 yep. It's all, it's uh, multi, uh, it's polyphonic audio too, just coming out of the normal audio port. Which was pretty impressive. Now, one thing to let folks know: the video actually looks much better than this. Remember that it's being distorted by uh, a streaming back and forth and like that. So, you definitely, when it goes live, you want to download his demo and take a look at it. it looks a lot better than what we're seeing here. Are you getting your joystick fixed? Yeah, absolutely. It looks really smooth. I'm sure if he opens it up, it's just something like a switch. I already had it open up and I cleaned it, and nothing looked like it was out of the. No. Yeah, the internet, the, the Zoom stream doesn't do the audio justice. The audio on this is actually quite, quite impressive, considering it's it's, it's a standard audio port that it's coming out of. Mm -hmm. That's your background noise elimination working its hardest. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> eliminating all the good stuff <laughs> that's why our show still gets through <laughs> you can still hear us so obviously it uh, doesn't <laughs> good. yes it is we're getting audio we're, we're wait, waiting for it next but hey, ser seriously this looks like Netflix That's cool. That's new. I haven't got that in my demo. Okay, that's just got to be rendered frames and page flipping, right? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. there'd be no other way to do that, right? Right. <laughs> right. Well, the limit is about one and a half K per video frame uh, putting up on the screen. Maybe two K at the absolute tops.
and it looks like the track from the Uniracers game. That's pretty much where it uh, ends up and just keeps uh, repeating this piece. Yeah. It's the pity uh, the audio uh, As I said, clear. it looks a lot hmm. better than on the stream because the stream is giving it glitches and a couple other things. And it sounds a lot better, too. Yeah. Way better. It well, actually sounds quite impressive. We're watching it on a monitor through the stream. So, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. still pretty impressive, though. So you're going to have interlace yeah. uh, between the camera and the monitor. Yeah. What are we seeing here? Is he actually drawing that just like that? Or is this some kind of weird gimme chip thing where he's flipping offset registers and scan lines or something? What, how is he doing this? Uh, I'd say he's actually processing that in real time. Magic. Because yeah, it runs is. on this. It's not a gimme thing because this, this runs on Coco One as well. Oh, uh, that. I'm pretty. This, no, no, he's done the same sure? effect, just blasting Hang things on. into the VDG. It's 20 colors. I think it's Coco three. Oh wait, you might be right. I think, yeah, I think you are right. I did run it on my Coco three. I thought I had it on my Coco one as well, but I didn't. That's right. My apologies. Yeah. The start is it's got more colors. Yep. 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 Yeah. So but he'd be processing processing that. Coco one version is buff cyan, magenta, and orange. Of course, what would be really nice is if we can get a video of him talking about each item that he's doing there and how he's doing. Yeah, it. yeah, that would have been the ideal. But maybe next Coco talk. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe you can upload something. Oh yeah, okay, see if he's on you. Maybe you can upload something to YouTube in the meantime and then describe it as it's playing on next week's show or something. Exactly. Well, like I'm that. sure he, if he's got time, he'll be on the show, and we can play it, and he can talk about what he's doing on each one of them. Yep, yep. Yeah. Now, the demos are impressive. I'd like mm. to see what he could do if he sat down and wrote a game. Hmm. Uh, being a, being yeah. a sound guy, I was, I was most impressed with what he did with the audio, knowing, you know, mm. knowing the limitations. We don't have a, a SID chip in our in our cocos so uh he's used the hardware that we've got and he's done an impressive job with it is there supposed to be audio someone said they can't hear it but i don't think we're trying. it's difficult to hear the audio yeah for this i turn mm -hmm. the audio down yeah yeah the impressive part is that he's reading this uh, information while the music is going on at the same time yep yep He's into leaving it. Right. Mm. Now you can do that with, you know, with disk read errors. You just, you know, sometimes you're going to have, you know, the sectors are going to come through at the wrong time for the audio, and it's just going to, you know, you'll get an error, and then you just got to reread the sector. Now, when I used to develop my games for the Coco, when I saw them as third party, um, I used large sectors and changed the inner leaves so that I basically could do everything. Uh, it took two revolutions to read the entire track. Mm. And it made for incredibly fast reads. Yeah. Okay, well, we've lost our uh demo of the thing so why don't we go ahead and end the recording the roof, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep <laughs>
<laughs> I like the hat covering the lens at the end. That was fitting. So everybody yep. say one, two, three, goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. One, two, three, goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>